six. Thank God. Here on fourteen fifty AM, ninety six one FM, streaming all over the land. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey as we all try to catch our breath, get our voices back, maybe get some money back after Derby weekend here in the Derby City. We've got lots to get to today. Obviously, we'll talk about the the events of the weekend, both in, in horse racing and Cardinal Athletics. Louisville lands its 12th scholarship player for the upcoming men's basketball season, and now eyes scholarship number 13. There's only one player that we're in on. We're going to talk all about that. Uh, L football has an over-under win total. A lot of people think that they are a trendy early bet to hit the over on that bet. Uh, we'll react to the Derby weekend as well. Mage taking it home for Mike Rutherford and company. We'll have Damon Simpson on at 3.30. UofL alum, Louisville native, runs the UofL uh, Alumni Association in South Florida, has for a long time. Also one of the owners of Mage. We'll talk about what it's like for a local boy growing up following this race to be an owner of the Derby champion. What, what do you do? How, how do you handle that? Where do you go? How does the rest of the night go? Do you just, you know, is this it? Like, is this as good as it can possibly get? We'll have Damon on in about half an hour to ask him all those good questions. But before we do any of that, got to say hi to my guy, TK. Trevor Kelsey, looking dapper, looking ready to go, looking like he lost a billion dollars over the weekend and on the Derby. How are you feeling this Monday afternoon, Trevor? Hey, I'm up 2-1 in, in, in a little hockey series in case you last looked last night. So. I was an ass kicking last night. That was a whooping. That was what you call a good old-fashioned Dallas whooping. We made him go to the third-string goalie, I think. You did. Which is beautiful. It was like a poor kid when he... He was like Mox on the on the sideline reading uh, Kurt Vonnegut in, in his playbook. He's like, <laughs> like you want me to go in? They're like, get in there. He's like, oh, okay. I'm the third guy. Am I supposed to play <laughs> yeah, in the playoffs? Like, I didn't even wear a cup. He's like, I don't even know what to do. I didn't even know there were third goalies <laughs> on teams. What am I doing? What, what, what do you want me to do? He was in the back watching like Netflix and stuff, just, just hanging out. Like, you want me to go in the game? Oh, good Lord. I knew I shouldn't have signed up for this. So, so th- But th- that, that was fun. Uh, the weekend in general was good. I I too had mage one of like nine horses by the time they went to the the the, uh, the starting gate I had bet on, but he that was one of only five horses I bet to win. So there you go. I I put a little bit a little bit of chunk of change broke even, not like you, but it's okay. Not all of us are ballers on the horse track like you are. <laughs> uh, only on Saturday, Friday uh, didn't go. Very yeah, well. yeah. Saturday went very well. Well, my Saturday was going okay between betting between Churchill Downs and Santa Anita. It's I can't, which is. Now you're hooked. The twin now the twin spires is put away for good. It's, it's, it's done for the year. You gotta put it away now. Uh it's a lot. I started this season with 160 in there. I'm leaving it for next year with about 40 in there. Okay. So uh lost a little bit. Yeah, so not exactly the best productive three days, but you know, that's okay. That's all right. Let's, Other than that, it was a good weekend. How was your weekend overall? It was good. I, I do want to say before we get into the, the weekend stuff, we were this is the first time we've done a show now since Wednesday. Yeah, we were supposed to be on Friday. Don't hold your breath. That three to six thing. God, you know. we we came in on Friday. Uh, of course, you say like as we're getting ready to start the show, you're like, oh my god, the computer froze at two fifty six, which means you know there's, there's really nothing we can do from over here. So we try to you know we make some calls to try to get it figured out. We we basically end up hanging out for like an hour and watching Oaks races, <laughs> and then we're like, this isn't it's not going to happen today. So our, our deepest apologies. We were here. The thing that sucked too is like. You know, if I knew we were going to be off, like I would have done something on the Friday. Like you know, we're we're working Oaks Day. I would have tried to go to the track. I would have tried to do something. Instead, I went home and with my extra hour and a half, I mowed the grass. I I mowed both. I was like, this is great. Like before this derby party we're going to tonight, I can mow the front yard and the backyard. I got that done and then was able to take a shower. But we had a we had a really good weekend. It didn't stop for me on Friday, by the way. I like. Well, I got to go back up there and do the bats game. Right, you had to go back across the bridge. So I drive back. So I hung out with you. Went and kind of took my time. Stopped and got some food. 
And as I was crossing the bridge, I was like, I forgot to disconnect. Here's a little, little behind the, you know, oh. behind the curtain. I forgot to disconnect something from here. So I had to basically turn around, drive back here, disconnect it, and then drive back to the studio. Which I still got there for plenty of time before the Bats game, but then the Bats lost. Well, the Bats still had a good weekend. They did. They ended up, they ended up, winning, uh, they ended up winning last night, though. Matt, Matt McClain almost hit for the cycle twice. He's the International League Player of the Week. They've had, since I've been doing bets, the board for the bats in just less than under a year, they've had two cycles hit for. Incredible. The offense is great. Yeah, Pitching's got to get a little bit better. That's okay. But we had, I, I feel like we had all this stuff to talk about on Friday, even though it was going to be an Oak show. Like, I really haven't talked about, like, Wednesday we went to the Jocktails party. Thursday we went to the track. Friday night we went to um, uh, Silk's Bash, which was a lot of fun. And then Saturday, Derby Day, hit big on Mage, hit big early in the day, which let, allowed me to go big on Mage. Uh, it was, nice. yeah, it was, a, yeah, I mean, I ended up winning about $3,000 on Saturday, which was, wow. yeah, very nice. Definitely. I expected, uh, now, now, now I'm kind of thinking my, my, my birthday gift should have been bigger. <laughs> like I, I opened it, I was like, you gave me, it was way too much of a, of a birthday DoorDash gift. Well, that card. was before the Derby one. And then I, like, you text me or was anyone, I'm like, wait a minute, I, got, I feel like I got a low ball here. <laughs> I deserve a new another card. <laughs> well, we, the thing was, like, I went big on Mage, and I missed out on most of the exotic bets that I made, almost all the exotic bets, because I did not like two fills, and two fills ended up coming in second. Yeah. But I was going to go, I was going to bet on Mage as the week went on, and it went from, like, sentimental favorite to when Forte scratched Saturday morning, which had been the big rumor of Thursday night and did not play out on Friday. But then, of course, Saturday morning it hits. Like, I was, it was hard for me to, you never want to be on the favorite. But the more I looked at it, the more I was like, I don't think I can get away from Forte. And I know that he was dropping a little bit in Oz. I was like, I think I'll probably get a, a decent price on this horse. And I'm just going to go big on Forte. I'll go decent on Mage. And then we'll just throw, you know, a, a boatload of exotics out there. When Forte scratched, I was like, all right. I'm all in on Mage. We're gonna now, we're gonna make this happen. Were, were you on Mage just kind of because maybe the same way I can, was he was it here? It's he or she? It's a he. He. I know it he, sounds like it should be a. I he. know. I, well, I'm not lifting the horse's leg up and looking. They're all he's. <laughs> <this year. laughs> I'm not getting under there. I've learned that lesson once before. So so I mean I, I don't know maybe it's you but like because we talked about this like felt like this this is gonna be a derby like it's the one horse no one actually kind of talking about and it was kind of the horse we, we didn't hear about. Mage was sort of that middle of the pack horse that was lost. not. Not the wise guy horse, not the big long yeah. shot. Like just was kind of there, and nobody was really discussing. And it wasn't until I think they were kind of doing like the the PR breakdown stuff about an hour before, and they were like, the jockey who this is his most runs and hasn't won it yet, and they've got all these owners. And I'm like, this is the story that wins this Derby, kind of like I, that's that's what convinced me to bet on him. You also like, I figured it was going to be, especially when Cyclone Mischief drew into the field. I thought it was going to be a, a Derby where. I didn't think you were going to be able to wire the field because that, that was the I said on the podcast and people got really mad at me. Uh, not mad at me, but there were some people who were like, "I was pissed." They're like, "Toss Kings Barnes at your own peril. Like Kings Barnes can do this." He's and I was like, you know, he won. I think it was Louisiana, and he never really got challenged. They let him just sit up there and dictate the entire pace, and he went wire to wire. I'm that. like, you're not going to be able to do that in the Derby, and I thought it was going to be too fast, especially because Mischief was going to push him. And that, when I saw at the, the in the first quarter mile, the time I was like. We got a shot. Like, it's going to be a horse from the middle or the back of the pack when they hit the, the the final turn. And sure enough, like I told Mary, like I was watching Mage, which by the way, Mage, the, the one thing that held me back breaks terribly out of the gate and break broke terribly on Saturday. I was like, there, yeah. there we go. Uh, but when I saw him make the move to the outside, I was like, he's right there. I was like, I think he's going to be able to kick and fire. I'm like, there's the eight. 
And then sure enough, it was just a matter of, of holding out. I think it was the Angel of Empire was closing late. But like I felt like when, when he hit the home stretch, I was like, we've got a real shot here. And I was like, we're going to make a lot of money if we win this. I love the difference in our breakdowns of why I picked Doris. I picked it because I was like, it's kind of cool story. It's kind of when you're like, you're breaking down like these technical terms. You're like, he doesn't have the speed. He's just, just, the, the difference between our two and when we bet, yet we still found, ended up in the same circle. Right. Uh, is, is hilarious. I did do a bunch of trifectas for this derby. And by the way, you're to blame for, for getting me wanting to try these, these little trifecta boxes oh. for a dollar. And it's like six bucks. I think. Or yeah. So there's like five of them for the derby. They're very frustrating. I had one that had two, two fills, angel and disarm who came in fourth. Yeah. That's, that's tough. And not, and not mage. And the other one I had mage angel and, and disarm who also came in fourth and not Phil. So I had two of them, just one horse away. Yeah. From knocking him out, I was just like, you got to be bleeping. This is no one of these things are addictingly annoying. <laughs> in races like that, like you, you almost have to spread. Like I, there was a good betting race early in the day. I think it was the ninth or the eighth or the ninth race. And I went, I, I did like a, a couple exacta box for 24 bucks and then a trifecta box dollar for 24 bucks. And I hit the try and that paid like $500. And that's why like I had like, I was like, no. all right, let's get stupid with the derby bets. Let's make some plays. And then when Mage hit, I had um, 100 to win on it and a couple of other bets that hit with that. And so it was just, yeah, it was it was a good day. We enjoyed it. It was fun. Disarm was the horse I had the most on because that was my pick. I like. I had a small win bet on Disarm because I like that as a long shot. I had it in a couple of exotics. Two fills was the one. T- like When I saw two fills came in second, I was like, I, I didn't really hit anything big there because like, no. I knew that. I knew that I tossed him in, in almost everything. Angel had all the high odds, so that wasn't going to yeah. really pay anything. Yeah. But, but that was, yeah, no, it was exciting to get a – is, is my buddy's kid. He used to love TBGF Toys Store before. He used to sit there and watch it and yell, go Pink 8. Uh-huh. It's always nice to see Pink 8. Get you had a Pink 8 on Friday after I left. Yeah, 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 I did. I took a couple Pink 8s through the day and had a couple nice winners. So The only thing that sucked, so like, you know, we're at this derby party at our, our friend's house, shout out to Lindsay and Chad, and I'm talking to the guys there, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I had 100 bucks on, on Mage. I had this bet on, on, on Mage and like, all this stuff. And then like this, this girl who's back there is talking. She's like, oh, my God. She's like, my dad had 500 to win on Mage. And I was like, well, can you get out of here? Like, I was like, this is my moment. Like, everyone's giving me all the shine. You're like, I didn't, I tossed Mage. I didn't think Mage was a no-show. What a great bet. And this girl's like, my dad had 500 to win. I'm like, oh, he won. If you're betting 500 to win on a, on a, on, no, on a 15 to 1. On, yeah, then you probably have probably three grand out there on other horses. It's, yeah, it's not going to kill you. Yeah, that, that's kind of like how I was with me. Like, I, I think I ended up winning, like, I had five to win on it, which is a lot. Big baller for me, you know. But, you know, and I, I won, like, 80, I think it was 80-something dollars, which... In the end, kind of paid off. I, I had probably covered my entire derby, all the random horses and combos I bet. There you go. I mean, so I kind of got to watch derby somewhat for free, which I would have done if I hadn't bet it because I was just sitting at home anyway. There was a good and a bad with, with Forte scratching. Like I said, I really liked Forte coming in, and Forte had beaten Mage, and uh, their most recent outing had run right by him. So like, good because, one, I, I'm not sure Mage could have beaten Forte. We'll never know for sure. But bad because I was hoping to get Mage at like twenty to one. I thought he'd be closer to that because, like you said, it was sort of you didn't hear a lot of talk about him. He was like one of three or four horses that just kept getting not mentioned. Yeah, like he, and he, he, I think his morning line. I think they said it on Monday at fifteen. And I was thinking he'd be. It was kind of he was drifting closer, like eighteen the entire week. And I'm like, good, I'll be able to get him around eighteen to twenty. I don't think he's going to get a lot of love. And then when I saw like right before he went from sixteen to fifteen, right before the race started the race, I was like, well, that kind of sucks. But I'm not going to. You're not going to get greedy at that point. There but, wasn't too many like extreme long shots. I think the longest shot wasn't like, it? Like 32. 30, yeah. yeah. And that was 
because people are, are rising up now. They came in last, I think, because we've had you know so many times in the last four or five years, you've had not just the you know country house and and last year with Rich Strike hitting it like ridiculous odds, but you've had a bunch of horses that have been like fifty to one or or higher hitting the board, finishing second or finishing third, and so everybody is like tossing those horses into their exotics or tossing a little bit of win bets on them. And also having a, a 19 horse field is going to knock your odds down a little bit too. But yeah, it was it was weird because it was you know, it wasn't the you know, two to one favorite type year, but it also you had the longest shot on the board was 32, 33 to one. So it wasn't like you had a bunch of just just plotters out there that weren't going to do anything. But fun day, fun weekend. Uh, we we had a blast uh, going all over the city. I'm just. Yeah, I'm still kind of the voice took a little bit of a hit, a little bit raspy today. Uh, it's, it's I don't yell a lot during the races. I'm not the come on horse, go go go. Well, I just meant from like being out and about and doing uh, stuff. Not, not really me. Good. I sat in the house all day and ate good snack food. And so yeah, I ever put my pants on. Normal Saturday for you. I did go into the studio and do some work. The EJ show that afternoon, though. There so you I, go. I did. Put, I guess I did put them on for something. I was a little bit worried today because yeah, you know, the, the text line is full of uh, comments as you might expect to be like, "Holy bleep, you guys are on the air" because we have had. A significant amount of technical difficulties. You know, like to set the expectations as low as possible, so when we do come through, you're that much more yeah, shocked. That's not. Don't. No, we don't. We do the same thing in the bedroom. No, we don't. Uh, <laughs> so, but I was. I dropped Virginia off at school today, and I flipped on. Yeah, fourteen fifty as I'm driving home, and it's national programming, and so I was like, oh no, I was like, they're they're having problems again. I was like, I was very concerned about. It. I don't know why. I don't know if I assume KRC did their show this. What morning. time was this? It's like nine thirty. Huh. They I thought they did their show this morning. Like it was a national. It was, it was a national show on. I don't know if they just like at the, the replay was from nine to eleven. wasn't KRC, but I got a little bit nervous. I was like, "What's happening now? What, what's going on here?" And one of the guys that I'm at, that I'm at this party with is like, like he, after the race, we're talking about it. He winds up being a good friend of Roush. He's like talking about Roush, and he's like, "So you're on 96.1? He's like, "We just give him crap about that signal all the time." And I was like, "I was like, we're we're working on it. We're getting the computers fixed. We're boosting the signals." We're going to be a well-oiled machine in no time. Don't worry about it. But it was just so funny. He's like, oh, he's like, I actually know uh, I'm real good friends with Nick Roush. And Roush seemed to have a good time at the infield, judging on his Instagram post. I know TJ had Mage as well. Him, yeah. TJ was on Mage based on his Instagram. It was a good weekend for the Big X when it came to, to betting. Take we off. know our horses here. And with, and with your winnings, you're going to help pay to get those that's, those uh, signals fixed. You joke? I absolutely would. If, <laughs> if anybody, if, if there's anything I can do to make this this station run a little bit better, I'm 100% in on it. You can get on the lottery pool that we're going to use to fix the station. I'm not doing that. <laughs> that's not happening. Free draw the little gambling lines? Well before that. Speaking of gambling lines, some things, some great things had, unfortunately have to come to an end. What's that? And on Saturday night... You may have used the last year luck on Mage because oh the NBA pick. Well, you <laughs> rushed me. I, 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 I it didn't it didn't count. It's not what on the do you show. mean you rushed me? I, you know, you've known about the schedule's been out for a week. I don't. I'm not paying attention to the NBA playoffs. I look at them before we, we do our picks at the end of the show, and for some reason they're flawless on the show. But off air, I can't. You, you can't just no, not necessarily because off the air I asked you on Friday night's game, and you picked the Suns to cover. Uh, no, no, no. You asked me on air, and then you asked me to remind you off air. No, I sent you a text on Thursday. I'm at the studio just out of curiosity. That was on Wednesday. Was it on Wednesday? It was Wednesday. We did you're the right. show. Yeah, it was way ahead. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I wanted, I wanted you to give you me going the next to be game over on there. Saturday, yeah. too. And you're like. That was different, see? Yeah. But you gave me that that day. You gave me Suns minus three and a half. And they covered. But I had said it on air before that. I 
don't recall that. That happened. I think you said it on the air the next day. No, because we, we looked at what games were Thursday and Friday on air, and then I was I remember because I was a week ahead on accident on the schedule. Well, on Saturday, I said I gave you the two games. You didn't give me anything on Miami. You ignored me. I think I was going to pick the Knicks to cover. I don't know what, what how that actually played. Uh, it didn't. He won. Okay, see, I would have been wrong about that. But then he got what the line was. It was like, four and a half. Yeah. And you were like, take Golden State straight up. Yeah, I took Golden State straight up. So normally I've been betting like 25 or 50 on your games. So this time I went 100. Oh. Just because I was like. <laughs> the one miss that I've had in like four weeks of NBA playoffs. I turned it on at halftime for a minute and saw the game and was like, I hate you, Mike. I was like, I want to pick, and you'd already tell me the mage thing. I was like, I want to pick him a, a Venmo bill right now. <laughs> like, just send a Venmo request to him with, with the, the stat line. Golden State, really? <laughs> I mean, sorry, I gave you winners the day before and everything else. You like the you like the friends that I have like for horse racing. Like you'll hand them like four winners in a row, and on the if the, if they have like a horse, you're like, yeah, it's kind of a wide open race. I'm taking the seven here, and if it finishes like fifth, they're like, oh my god, what's wrong with you? I'm like, you don't you can't win every race. I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with you because that was Thurby. Because Thurby was a lot of chalk, like all the favorites were winning. I was like, you know, bet big on the favorites. What what can I tell you? I, did, I had a pick four that paid like $9 on a $26 bet or something like that. So I lost like you know, 17 bucks on a, a hit pick four. It was just chalk city across the board until the end of the day. My, but the weather was perfect. My favorite part about Saturday's betting was when was I got to the, the KW, I did KWC. So I got there a little bit late, but I got there like right a little afternoon after 12 o'clock. And, uh, I, you know, a lot of times I bet, I don't usually bet to win. I usually just bet like two hours across the board on a horse. Well, if not, it'll be one or two horses in a race, but some at least minimum, maximum two, minimum one. And for the first three races, I bet every all three races, my horse came in third place in each one. Uh, it's like I'm the master of the show. Well, do a show pool, <laughs> roll that money over, and that, you know, it doesn't. What sucks is that each time it would be like pay like three fifty, like six four dollars. So then we cover the six that I dropped on it. Yeah, it's, I'm, not, I'm not a big win play show guy, but I grew up just doing two dollars across the board. That's yeah. just kind of how I've always bet. So, yeah, but it was a it was, it was a good day overall. I was happy to see Javier Castellano uh, get in the winner's circle. I saw was that was, was at the jockey. Yeah, celebrating okay. at Jeff Ruby's and autographing stuff all over the place. It was just a it was a solid derby. Now the I was gonna say it was a solid derby across the board, but like the. The other big story is the Equan deaths. Uh, seven horses dying during the week is just a, uh, you know, that's. Yeah, but the, the weather was beautiful. It was a fun day. Let's not, let's not try to bring it down. I'm just saying, like, this, it's it's a big story nationally about you know, what's going to happen here. It reminds me of the story two years ago, I think it was in California, where he had all the horses dying at uh, Del Mar and Santa Anita. And, you know, it cost Safi Joseph his horse. Um, you know, had, had to scratch because of, it was, it was actually Lord Miles, the horse that you liked, had to scratch because all of his horses were disqualified from running after two of them died very quickly uh, and then two died on derby day it was a, that was the one just mega downer from the week but the, you're right the, the weather was very nice it, w- it was kind of weird that I mean weird's not the right word you had pristine weather Thursday Friday Saturday and then like 30 minutes after the derby race runs oh, it starts just pouring like we're horrible we're, we're getting our stuff together in the car we're getting the kids in there and like it just downpour out of nowhere and then yesterday, it's the, the gloomy post-derby Sunday. You, mm-hmm. we, had an, we had a legit tornado uh, in the city crossover from Southern Indiana. Post, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I knew the wind was bad, and I saw some other people's videos. It wasn't terrible at our house, but I saw in other places in the city, it was real, real bad. And then even today, it was like just gloomy to start the day, and now it's looking good out there. But It the, does, the feel, it does was, feel great, though. That, I mean, it lasted literally to the end of derby. Yeah, it was. The, yeah, it was I mean, because that's, that's what I mean. That's, and I don't know. Maybe it's just – I just like when people when we so many people from out of town – 
come coming in here, I always want to start our, our, our city to show them the, the best weather we can, not the weather that we're used to, which is sudden five minutes and then rain the next, exactly. and then cold and hot. Yeah, I was talking to my guy uh, Mark Cool, who we've had host the show a couple of times with me, and yeah, he was big on Mage too, and I didn't realize this until I saw him him talk about it on Sunday. It's a cool feeling to win money for yourself, obviously. But, like, one of the even better feelings is to give it as a tip to, like, people who have way more money than you and don't know anything about horse racing. And I'd given it to one of – one of Not you. I'm half of that. I'd given it to (laughs) one of, like, uh, Jack Harlow's boys who passed it along to, like, that crew, and they were all mage because of that. I felt good about that, seeing them all celebrate. And then Mark Cool was up there, and it's like – you know, he's he's a big baller. And he's there with, like, Josh Allen, all these NFL players, and they don't know anything about betting. He's given them Mage. So he's like, I won. He's like, I bet pretty big on Mage. I won probably, like, $4,000. He's like, these people are, you know, they're bringing home, like, twenty k because of my Mage tip. He's like, it's almost a better feeling than winning yourself because they're like, this guy knows what he's talking well, about. Well, they give you 10% of the winning. Well, they're not going to do that. Which Josh Allen, by the way? Say what? Which Josh Allen? The, the, the Bills player. Okay, well, I mean, yeah. there's there's the Bills, there's the, the Jaguars. The, well, I, mean, I think when you say Josh Allen now, without explanation, then people not know, when you're talking know. about the Derby. Yeah, I think you they, would think UK player could also be of highly consideration that you're talking. Trevor, about. in this day and age, when you say Josh Allen, you don't have to clarify. I think most people assume it's the Bills quarterback. Outside of this area, I believe I agree. Yeah, I don't think in, even in this area you have to you have to <laughs> clarify. That's that's a, a very your mind specific thing. Really, I'm gonna text Ross right now and be like, Josh Allen, who do you say? <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think he'd, he'd agree at this point. But uh, shout out to Mark for also having made. It was it was a, a fun weekend. Now we've got other stuff to get to from the weekend that was. I mean, Derby night closed on a high note. At one point, I was like, you know, my phone's blowing up, and I'm like, what now? And then I see, you know, Louisville landed Trey White yep. from USC. The balloon glow worked. The balloon glow, yeah. People, the, the one guy who was like Mark Rutherford and his sources don't know what they're talking about. In my joke, balloon glow, he's locked up. Tweet. Joke's on you. It, I was right all along. And then again, it could have been every time they talked to Andy Brashear at the Derby, he had to, he had to like drop the achievements of the city as if it was. It got kind of annoying, didn't I? What are Is you it, talking about? I don't know. Andy Brashear annoys me. I don't know why. What What are you talking about? With the, how do you go from <laughs> Trey White and the balloon glow to Andy Bashir? Because he convinced us that everything in Kentucky is awesome now, and you should come here. You sound like a travel. Where is your mind today? You are all over the place. You are not focused I've at got, all. I've got four days of backed up show talk. I don't have. Okay, anyway, Trey White committed to Louisville on Saturday night. Also, it was that a big deal. Trevor. Stop, please. We're going to get to that. We're going to talk about the other two kids that did not commit to Louisville uh, and and why that happened. I think it's you know, not saying Louisville swung and missed. Please don't come at me like that. I think it was very obvious that it was a White or Louise situation, and that Louisville also backed off of Churchill Labosse. But what that means is that it's all eyes on Mackenzie and Baco. Kansas fans. I've never followed a commitment, and we're going to talk more about this now in number two, but I've never followed a, a recruitment where the fan bases involved are all like a million percent convinced that he's going to go there. Like Kansas fans, there's no doubt in their minds Mackenzie and Baco's going there. IU fans, I think until this morning, there was no doubt in their minds he was going to go there. Louisville fans, for the most part, very, very convinced he's going to come here. Uh, we now know he's officially going to come here for a visit, but we'll talk about all that good stuff and also... The over-under win total for U of L football has been set according to all the gambling books that are out there, and a lot of people love Jeff Brom and this Cardinal team to hit the over. They're given reasons. There's a lot of hype on this Louisville team. I know that you and I are, are very excited for good reason, but to see the, NF, the the national folks back it up, it makes you feel even more confident about this this upcoming fall. I think. Sorry, I got distracted. For, by what? Scoots was calling me. 
Scoots, do you not know what time it is? Well, it, more of the fact that see Scoots calling me, it worries me that something's going on. Well, yeah, that's so I'm like panicking over here on the system while you're talking, like making sure everything's on. Then as soon as it, I, I, you know, I canceled his call, he just texted me, goes, "Pocket dial." <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. I, I'll give you a pass. I'm being distracted because if Scoots calls during this time, I think there's something. Must the be tower wrong. blew up. Yeah, yeah. the, the like, OG I'm, studio just got blown away. I'm over here just like bouncing through websites, like, okay, the clock is still moving on this computer. We're good. We're showing audio. It's recording. I'm like. You're talking. I'm like, this is not helping the distraction, Trevor, today. I mean, this is not. <laughs> no, you, I mean. Is given, he calling to yell me about Andy Brashear? I don't know why. Given the last few weeks, <laughs> if somebody from the station is calling you, I just, <laughs> I'm going to give you a pass for looking at it and assuming the worst. But we are, we are getting, for, for the people out there, because you know, there were a lot of, I know we, we, we make jokes about the, the technical difficulties. There were a lot of people who legitimately on Friday were like, okay, it's 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 not cute anymore. It's not funny. Can we do something to help you guys fix this problem? We are getting new computers, which should fix the the bulk of the problems. It's just going to, to take, what, like three, four weeks now? Yeah, yeah they're better having, because we're switching systems we're switching from systems. the Big X to what they use over here, and it's, it's just the time of, yeah, moving everything and switching the systems over, it's going to take a couple weeks. And that system's been on life support for a while. And it's not. It's not the. the it's not the, the production system. It's the computer. It's on. It just keeps freezing. Yeah, and the computer. It's on. It's old, and unfortunately, that computer, like the system we use on that computer, like it. We they, this station doesn't use it, so we'd have to. We don't have the startup disk for it. So we just. It's not like just we can take it, you know, and move it to a new computer like like that, which unfortunately I thought we could, but we can't. Yeah. So the point is, things are going to get better. It's a bunch of stuff about my pay grade, which isn't saying a lot. Things are going to get better. We want to be rocking and rolling by the time Jeff Brom's coaching his first game. We want to be no more technical difficulties, no more issues. I mean, I'm already rocking and rolling with Jeff Brom in town. Well, I'm saying the station. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it took me a minute when you said the two recruits. I was like, who's the other one? I, for, I completely forgot about the Churchill kid for a second. Yeah, it's, it's understandable. It's not he's going to DePaul. I said, why don't you just be like the next, like, Gary Trent over there. That's not going to happen. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back, Damon Stinson, one of the owners of Mage and a Louisville native and big-time Cardinal fans, is going to join us to talk about the weekend that was, which his, look, he had a better weekend than all of us. No questions asked. Uh, Damon's up next here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Are all the songs today going to have like MAG, like magic, something in there? For this interview, I would say yes. Or just for, just for, <laughs> is there I was a, actually going for the Do You Believe in Miracles thing, you know. Okay. Is there a theme today? 
No. Just, just just Trevor songs. Trevor, for some reason, woke up at 400 Head, so that was the first song. It's, you know, it's it's then, the Monday after Derby. We're going to give you this interview. I wanted something to kind of do with that. But, I mean, I guess I could have gone with the play-by-play of the, the, the race. but That's okay. I don't know if I'm legally allowed to do that. I'll just stop me before. <laughs> we're never 100% sure about anything around yeah, here. Yeah, we're legal. That's the way that we like it. Uh, we are, we're going to be joined now by one of the owners of Mage. He's a local boy. He's a big-time UofL fan. Uh, I've known him for a while. I'm happy to have him on the show, even happier for him to be a Derby champion. It's Damon Stinson who joins us now on the hotline. Uh, Damon, first of all, congrats. Welcome into the show. Thanks so much for spending some of your, your post-Derby Monday here with us on 1450 Big X. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Um, I apologize uh, for my voice in advance, but I hope you'll give me a pass on that. You're forgiven for the voice. All, all things considered, I think that it's understandable. It would almost be expected at this point. I mean, my voice is hoarse, and I didn't really do anything. Uh, so you definitely get a free pass for that. I mean, has it has it sunk in yet at all? I mean, it's been almost 48 hours since your horse won the Kentucky Derby. You're a Louisville native. I'm sure you, you grew up dreaming about something like this happening. Has it sunk in yet? No. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I, I'm not sure when it will. Um, there were so many special moments throughout the week. Uh, it's hard to wrap it all up into one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched the video to believe that it happened. And so, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So, cause you let me know, I, I guess like a little bit over a week ago that you were involved with Mage. Uh, I was unaware of this beforehand. Yes, Where does your story with Mage start? How, how did you get involved with the syndicate? How did this whole thing come about? So my brother, Lenny, um, about two years ago, he called me and he said, hey, you know, we should try to get into one of these syndicates. And then what we'll do is we'll use that as a platform to spread awareness for prostate cancer in our dad's honor. And so... Uh, we got involved, and we started buying shares of horses here and there. And then um, I happened to stumble or get tipped off on a, on a, on a Commonwealth horse. And so uh, uh, Commonwealth Racing, um, I got with Chase Chamberlain, and, and we got some shares of, of Mage. And, uh, you know, I just really liked the horse when I saw him. Uh, we liked the bloodline. We liked that he was out of Big Brown and Curlin. Um you know, people say he's a small horse, but I've never looked at him that way. I always thought he was strong. And so, uh, you know, I was pretty confident when we got him, but, you know, not, you know I'm not going to – I wouldn't say that, you know, I called it, but, you know, it's pretty amazing. When did you know that you had a, a, a legit derby contender? Because, you know, not a lot of prep races before Saturday. When did you know that this was a, a legit shot to get you back to Louisville for the first Saturday in May? Well, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I've kind of been confident on the horse, but, you know, I, I don't think it really sunk in, um, well, until I watched the, pretty much the last day of preps and we were doing the, the math and trying to figure out if we were in. And then once we figured out we had enough points to get in, uh, that's when I really knew that, you know, something special was really about to happen. The the race day itself. Now, I, I saw a lot of people after the fact tweeting about how they, they met you. You and a couple of other guys were very confident about Mage. Uh, you, you were giving them, you were handing him out as a winner left and right. Is that legit confidence or is that this is our horse and we're going to go all in? I mean, in all honesty, how confident were you 
that this was going to be the Kentucky Derby champion once you got to race day? Well, you know, like I said, you know, you kind of you kind of talk and pop off here and there sometimes, but as things kept progressing and as the week kept getting closer, um, little things that was starting to happen that kind of tipped us off. I mean, or gave us hints or signs, you know. Um, the number eight, you know, I have so many people in mind. That's a special number for a lot of people. Uh, so when we drew the eight hole, that was, you know, that was another kind of sign. Um, when we got to the backside on Tuesday, um, you know, they told us about Secretariat being in the same barn as Mage, and that 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 was another little sign of confidence. And it just little things like that, just you know, and and, and you know, ultimately there were some things like uh, you know some scratches and things as well. That that's your confidence starts building when you when all these things are kind of working for you. And then I I, I believe you asked me. Uh, I think a, a day before, um, how I felt, you know, what eleven hours out or something, uh-huh. and I, and I, and I sent you a a picture or a, a, of a gif of Rocky Balboa doing push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the last song they played before they brought those horses out on that track on the PA system was uh, the Tiger, <laughs> wow. and uh, that's a song my son and I listen to when we're on the way to his baseball games. So. When I heard that song, man, I was like, here we go. Here's another sign. Um, so, you know, 15th place in the backstretch was kind of a little unnerving, but he broke clear, and I felt pretty good about it from there. Was it a you – know, when you find out on Saturday morning that, that Forte, a horse that has beaten you before, uh, is not going to be in, in the Derby, is that a good thing? I mean, are you thinking this is another sign that maybe we got a, we're, we're a real live shot here? Well, you know, I, I, I'm not – the person to really say how I would feel about that. You know, I mean, in terms of, you know, like I, I just felt like, you know, it didn't matter who was going to be out there that day. We were going to, he was going to run his best race. I mean, he, we, we just had some bad breaks in the two graded States races before the Derby. And I just felt like his time was coming and I don't think it mattered who. Um, and then I think if you look at the, I mean, two fields ran a great race. Nobody's really talking about it. Ancient Empire was scary coming down the stretch. So, you know, I, I think we ran a dang good race. It was fast on that front end. We're talking with Damon Stinson, one of the owners of Mage, the Kentucky Derby champion. You mentioned you know, you got into this whole thing to find a way to, to honor your, your father who died of prostate cancer and, and to raise awareness for that. How much more special does that make a win like this, the, the fact that you know it was your dad that got you into this whole thing to begin with? Well, that, well, it, that doesn't get any more special. I mean, how how do you honor your your parents? Well, you, you you try to respect their wishes. You know, my dad on his deathbed. You know, he said, you know, he wanted us to just let everybody out there know um, to get tested for prostate cancer. Uh, he didn't want anybody else to have to go through what we went through uh, in his passing. And so, you know, we've all tried to make it a mission to do that. And what a great platform! <laughs> Uh, there's, I don't think there's a better platform than winning the Kentucky Derby to do that. So, you know, my message to you and to everybody listening today uh, is you got to yourself or a loved one and get your PSA checked, get tested. You know, prostate cancer is 100% curable if you catch it in time. But if you don't, it's 100% terminal. And so it's just a matter of going to the doctor, getting the test done, and, 
and making sure you're healthy and if you get it, you catch it in time. So, you know, I can't think of a better way to honor my father and my mother, my family, than, than to be able to use this as a platform to, to push, uh, you know, prevention and detection when it comes to cancer. So, Damon, I, I watched your video. You sent me the video. I think you posted it on Twitter, too, of your view of the race. The horse, yeah. the, the, you see the eight cross the finish line first. You're going, what, what do you do? Because, I mean, my friends and I have talked about this. If we ever had a horse in the Derby, like, you know, the camera's maybe going to be on you. You, you, don't, you don't know yourself. Like, what's the reaction? I mean, are you beer showering people? Are you chugging beer? Are you hugging strangers? What goes through your mind in, in that first, like, 30 to 60 seconds after your horse wins the Kentucky Derby? Right. Well, uh, this is probably the most not unbelievable part of the story, but I hadn't had a drink. Um, up until that point, I was really nervous, and um, I was sitting in the champion's room, and I had a phone sitting next to me was just trying to tell me jokes and keep me light. So I really didn't even walk out. Uh, went, we went down to the paddock, and then, you know, we didn't, I, I really would, I'll be honest, I missed Kentucky home. I was walking to my seats when they were singing that. Um, but, uh, and that's good because I didn't feel like crying anyway. And then, but, you know, so, you know, I kept it light. It, it, was, it was emotional, but, but after he hits the line, Mike, I just got mobbed with people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've been hugged like that in my life. And then, you know, from there, you're just trying to find the winner's circle. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty crazy moment, as you saw. I'm assuming you made the winner's circle eventually, correct? I did. I got there. <laughs> so... I, I'm fascinated. You, you, you go to the winner's circle. You're a derby champion. You got the rest of the night to celebrate. You, you know, this is the city you grew up in. You, you can live it up. Where do you go? Where, what do you do? Uh, what are the next hours like for you? I'm not really sure. I mean, <laughs> I, you're right. Where do you go from here? Well, I think, I think obviously we keep using that as a platform to, uh, to push prostate cancer um, awareness and, and um, you know, it, my son can always say, hey, if nothing else, my dad won a Kentucky Derby. That's pretty cool. And, um, you know, I, I, well, if, if Lee Wagner is listening so, or somebody tell Lee, clear space off because I'm coming up there to hang that picture. <laughs> did I see that you – did I read somewhere today that you went to, to Kingfish Saturday night? Well, well, we couldn't keep Kingfish uh, open that late. <laughs> So we ended up going on Sunday for 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 lunch, um, but you know it, I'll, I'll I'll gladly uh, I'll gladly wait sit that one out. We were in the museum, uh, you know. There's there we had, there was a party there, and you know then we went to a couple other places. But yeah, we did make it to Kingfish, and uh, you know that's been a family tradition of ours after the Derby uh, that goes back a pretty long way. So it was happy and special to be able to do that. And I know you ended your night at the Omni. You sent me a message, which I, because I'm old and washed with <laughs> yeah. kids, I didn't see until the next morning. Uh, I mean, how late did that party go? I think we left the Omni at 2.30. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, had, I did have a couple cocktails at the Omni. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> and then, you know, you, I'm assuming you, know, you are from, from Miami. Are you back home now with the, with, with the fam? Oh, yeah, I went to work this morning. I had somebody asked me where I was. I told them I went to the Kentucky Derby. They didn't even know. Uh, I mean, what's the, <laughs> what's the family's reaction like when you, you know, you, you finally get to see them after seeing, you know, after Dad's horse wins the Kentucky Derby? I mean, you know, I, tears in our eyes. I mean, 
crying, you know. I mean, I wish I could have had everybody, you, everybody that I know and love included in the moment because it was real special, you know. I went, I, you know, I'm a South End boy, you know. I went to Holy Name. I could see the church across the street uh, when I was in the winter circle. And obviously, you know, I'm a U of L grad as well. And, uh, you know, Scotty Davenport, he came to uh, speak at my dad's funeral. And he, and he brought up the fact that how special it is to come from the South End and how South End people, you know, we're a different breed, but, man, we love each other. And and, uh, and so he really taught me to appreciate where I came from. And so uh, I said we did this for the South End. But, you know, I, one of the reasons I, I, I did, you know, go on Twitter and everything is because I did want people to share the experience with me. You know, I'll probably never get back there again. And, uh, you know, I think it's expected that you know, most people won't. So, you know, it, it was real special. I hope everybody enjoyed coming along for the ride. Now, I know that there was you know, the the other owners of Mage, the trainers, you know, they're talking about next steps and all this stuff. Assuming that Mage does run in the Preakness, do you go to Baltimore now? I'm working it out. I'm working it out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I never went to another horse race, Mike, I'd be happy with it. Now, I know that's tough to say, but sure. it's true. I mean, I love this horse. I was with this horse since he, you know, got shipped down the Gulf Stream. He trained here. He worked here. He he ran all of his races here. I was at every one of them, and, and you know, I don't want to miss one. Obviously, he's going to be my favorite horse of all time, but, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to work to get up there. To the to the Preakness and the Belmont, and it looks like uh, we maybe we we will get that shot at Forte after all. So you'll see. Nice. Uh, I'm curious from your your, your seats. Uh, the video you posted on Twitter shows kind of your view yeah. of the track and, and the race. You know, I'm watching on TV, and so I'm following Mage the whole time. I'm seeing you know him break. I'm seeing you know his position. Uh, they're kind of lurking and then making the move on the outside. It's it's a little bit tougher when you're at the track. I mean, how much of, of his full race were you able to see? Obviously, you saw the stretch run, but when did you see him kind of make that move? And when were you like, he's in a pretty good spot here? Or were you able to, to keep eyes on him at all during the actual race? Well, I was holding my phone in one hand, and I was kind of watching this, the big screen in the middle. And, and But I was really just keyed in that I was like, I just need to see those light blue silks. You know, prostate cancer, the, the, the color is light blue. And so how lucky were we? Another sign uh, to, to be able to wear that color. So I was looking for that color, and, uh, you know, I'm not as good as Travis Stone, but I did see the blue silks come down the middle, and uh, it just reminded me of how when he, they, you know, he kind of edged out off the rail in his last couple works and took the middle of the track, and it kind of reminded me of his last couple works. And I don't know if that was planned or not, but if it was, it was a daggone good strategy. All right. Uh, Damon Sisson, one of the, the owners of Mage, you also, I mentioned this before you came on, you know, you've been – a chapter leader for the UofL Alumni Association in Miami for a long time down there in oh, South yeah. Florida, always organizing watch parties. So for anybody who listens, I know we have podcast listeners, some stream listeners from other parts of the country. If you are in South Florida or in that general area or you're going to be down there for a big-time game, you guys do watch parties all the time. You guys are organizing events all the time. You're somebody that they probably need to be in contact with, correct? That's right. You can you can look us up on UofL's website, obviously. Uh, they have the alumni page there, and you can click on the link for the Miami Club. We got a little football game coming up this fall, so uh, you know that'll be an opportunity to have a nice party. And uh, I'm looking forward to that and seeing you and the guys down there as well. I know that you are 
of the same mind as uh, as myself and, and Trevor Kelsey here when it comes to Jeff Brom being brought back. I, I know that you are you're, you're chomping at the bit to watch Brom and company start playing some football this fall. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> how lucky are we to have those guys come back? And and, and they're working hard. And and and, and I'm going to tell you, they're going to bring us back to prominence. I, I, that's a, that, that's my next sure bet. All right, Damon Stinson, congratulations on Mage, man. A, a, a Louisvillian's dream. Couldn't be happier for you. And very excited to keep following this horse as hopefully, you know, maybe we can get a, a triple crown winner out of this. But thanks so much for spending some time with there us. Congrats again, man. Couldn't be happier for you. Hey, Mike, thank you so much. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for everything you've done for me in the club. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon, bud. There it is. Go Cards. Uh, Damon Stinson, Mage, Derby champion. Very cool story. South End boy said he can see his grade school from the track, watches Mage cross the finish line first, doesn't even know what's happening, getting hugs from everybody. That's that's the dream. I love the fact he went back to work on Monday. I, I mean, like, I, I, you, I love it, but I also like, was like, what are you doing? Come in Monday in the office and be like, so what'd you do this weekend? I flew up to Louisville, went to the Derby. My horse won the Der- Kentucky Derby. How about you? Um, we, we, we rented a movie. We were, I mean. We watched. We watched Frozen. I mean, what, what, my horse wins the Derby. <laughs> I'm not coming in here Monday afternoon. And if I am, I'm like bleep you, bleep you, bleep you. I'm a Derby champion. I'm going back home. I'd be you'd be lucky if I got back by Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd never hear from you again. You'd be gone forever. I would literally, my, you would erase my phone number from your your contacts. Your when are you gonna be back? You'll see me when you see me. Yeah, that would be my response text when I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> You'd mysteriously reappear after like four months and act like nothing happened. You'd be like, all right, you ready to do the show again? I'm like, where have you been? My horse won the derby, man. What do you want me to do? Yeah. I don't even know where I've been the last six months. I needed a little bit of time to myself. Yeah. The last three weeks have been somewhat of a blur. Oh, man. I mean, what a, a fantastic story. He's back at work. I mean, he's, he's just, back at work. What's yeah. he doing? I would have taken today like, off. Would, you know, he's got to be in the break room, like, just like biting at the bit to, like, say, like, so this weekend we went to the, me and the missus. We went down to the park. Oh, I, I wear, He's over going like, we won the derby. Come on, ask me what I did. Ask me what I did. I'd show up at work with like wearing mage's jockey silks like or a gigantic like written shirt on Sharpie that just says my horse won the derby <laughs> on gi- Saturday. A giant boom box with a stretch call on, the lo- on a loop. <laughs> yeah. Like nonstop. Like like I'm Max and Stranger Things listening to running up that hill. Just, I'm just like playing it nonstop on a loop. Just blasting my old Kentucky home as I slow-mo walk into the office. Just yeah, I would, Blues Brother car, the big speaker on it. And down the stretch they come. I'd get nothing else done. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, God love him for, I mean, he, he goes back home, has to, you know, do dad stuff. He's got young kids too. And he's showing up at work on Monday. Yes. Uh, wouldn't be me. Wait, Damon, can you uh, pass me those, that, that pin? You mean like Mage passed two bills <laughs> down the stretch? <laughs> I, everything would be would be putting Mage in the... Uh, Damon, you got those uh, GPS uh, reports? No, but Mage got him when he came down the stretch. It's Mage 8th, actually, <laughs> not May 8th. Nice, I like that. Mage the Force be with you. <laughs> Had a pretty major weekend. No, no Nothing too big. <laughs> just everything. I mean, I wouldn't let you anybody be, else hear the end. You'd be like those super troopers when they say meow instead of now. Yeah, you mage instead of mage in the I mean, I won money on that horse, and I feel like like I'm like I'm already doing that. Like I, I, I know. I'm just talking about mage constantly. I, I don't. Even, I'm not even an owner. He uh, he deserves <laughs> way more than I do, and he's going to work, just living a normal life now. Just wearing all his mage gear, hat, t-shirt. I'd wear nothing else for a, a, a solid three weeks.
I do nothing else besides that. Uh, there was uh, something about your outfit. I keep my finger on it. Man. <laughs> Have you seen, so I'm just now saying this is, is breaking. I saw it a little bit. Have you seen the Bob Huggins story that's out there? Oh, no. Yeah. No. It's, well, now, he's, he's up and off the wagon, though, so he's probably, this probably can't be that bad, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wait, has, wait, is it? Wait, wait, I always forget. Is it if if you're now if you're no, if you're uh, if you're an alcoholic to stop drinking, you're on the wagon or off the wagon? I forget. I believe you're on the wagon. Okay. Off the wagon means you've you've. And he's been on the wagon for a while, right? I don't think he ever went like sober. Oh, okay. I think he just has toned it down. His quick DUIs. and it sounds like maybe he didn't. Oh um, no. Yeah, I don't know if the alcohol played. First of all, I, I hesitate. That's the first to, thing I think of when you this say is Bob a story, big story that's out there, but there's no audio, so I hesitate to even like until there's audio. This is not like 100 percent to me, but I'm seeing enough people saying the same thing. Apparently, he did an interview on 700 WLW. Um, where at Cincinnati? Yes. Somehow he's talking about Xavier fans, and he refers to them as Catholic f words, the the homophobic slur, the, the same one that you mean got, a British cigarette. Yes, exactly. The same one that got basically what got Tom Brenneman fired, and now in forever purgatory. If that's true, like then knowing knowing his age though, that Michael might not have been involved. Maybe not. I mean, yeah, maybe he just let it slip, and for some reason thought it was not going to 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 play poorly. But if that's true, I mean, if I'm assuming this is a news person who tweeted this out originally, and a couple other people before he even said anything said like, "I just heard Bob Huggins' career well, end." Yeah, if he's on 700. I mean, 700 WLW. That, that's like 8400 8, to Louisville. I yeah, mean, I, you can you can get 700 here on a clear night. He was on Bill Cunningham's show, who's a, a yeah, I mean, it's a big, big station. Host. Yeah, and apparently Cunningham tried to kind of like move past quickly past it, but if uh, if that he said, for I mean, his, as short of that using that word, I do I do love the anger towards Xavier still from the Cincinnati roots. Yeah, apparently he was mentioning a time when Xavier fans threw quote rubber penises on the floor during a UC <laughs> Xavier game and then called them Catholic bleeps. Um, again, if that's true. Which part, the rubber penis or the Catholic bleep? The, the, the slur. <laughs> okay. Would, uh, would, the rubber penis thing kind of was funny. Like, I don't remember him doing that. No, that, I mean, yeah, that's 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 cool. That's not, I mean, there's... there's, there's, there's I, I, is it bad that I'm sometimes jealous of the Cincinnati Xavier hatred fight? Oh, no, it's great. Okay, because like, I, I take pride in the fact that our, our rivalry with Louisville and UK is like right at the top, and it's not fake like Duke and North Carolina's is. But when they, then you see Xavier in Cincinnati, and it's like... I feel they like, are, they, sometimes they set the bar even a little high for us. I think that the Zay, I've always said this. I think Duke, North Carolina is like the rivalry that has the usually the best games and the best teams consistently. Well, yeah. I think Louisville, Kentucky is the rivalry where the fans hate each other the most for and sure. Basketball, by the way. Yeah. And I think that Xavier, Cincinnati is the rivalry where the players hate each other the most because you know, Louisville, Kentucky players, for the most part, you're talking about big time recruits, certainly with UK. Um, yeah. and now we're kind of getting into that, but like, you know, they, most of them, they've played AU together. They don't grow mm. up hating each other. They all know each other with Cincinnati and Xavier. You do have a lot of like more local ties, more under the radar guys that you know, grew up, maybe not liking each other and playing against each other. But plus, anyways, the, the, the big story here is, plus they is, see each other is Huggins right away. I mean, yeah. all the time in a weekend. I mean, we, you don't run into UK players. Right. Little players going you know, you and I, we've talked about this being kind of a changing of the guard era. You're seeing a lot of the biggest names in college basketball, retiring. I mean, we even had Jay Wright, who's not of retirement age, stepping away from the game. Yeah. And there are very few holdovers. I mean, we 
Jim Beheim just uh, kind of got forced into retirement after this season. And Huggins was one of that, that just remaining handful. And now this could be a unceremonious ending to his career. I don't know. People in West Virginia probably won't think it's that bad. I mean, he's <laughs> if he said it, he's he's I gone, know. he's done. Which which it sucks. Maybe maybe he wanted to. Maybe he just wanted to get let go anyway. Maybe. I mean, he seems like he's been kind of unhappy with the the, the way the game's going. But still, I don't think he wanted to go out like this. It would mm. suck because you know he went from a guy in the '90s who I genuinely despised. I think he was he was a oh, bigger yeah. villain to kids like you and me growing up in the '90s than like even certainly than Tubby was. But probably even bigger than Rick Pitino because you know you, we we always had this mentality of. You know they're, you know they're lowering their academic standards. They've got crooks on their team. Huggins is kind of a crook, and they and they were scary, and they were better than us, and it was just annoying. To this day, I still don't like Mick Cronin because he was a little redheaded snob kid that was sitting next to next to Huggins all those years in Cincinnati. Well, but then he sat on next to Patino on our bench. Yeah, still, I still, yeah, still. The only thing that forgave him a little bit for that was he shaved his head. But he goes from the red hair was like Huggins goes from like the. Ultimate villain, in, at least in my eyes. I'm always speaking for myself. No, he was. But in recent years, like I've kind of liked him. Like I, I think that he's he's a, he's a breath of fresh air in college basketball circles. He's funny. He speaks his mind uh, and all that stuff. And for it to end like this, I think would just that's weird because you still hate Bob. You still hate like Bobby Knight though. And I mean, he's kind of the, the closest thing to Bobby Knight we have left, other than Chris Beard. I don't know. I mean, Bob Knight. I don't think ever got like he was never he was never I mean, a breath he spoke of fresh his air. Mind. I mean, you may just not like the. The butt piece of well, yeah, like, I mean, he, he spoke his mind about terrible, terrible things, and was just like an, an well, a-hole. Did you hear what Bob Huggins just said? <laughs> well, yeah, that's not. Did he get no one hugging Huggy Bear? Maybe this was his plan. He's like, listen, I'm going out like Costanza. I'm just going to go out and say one of the worst things I can, and make, but to to do it, do so, I'm going to just say it about the fan base. I don't like the most because I'm Cincinnati guy through and through. I don't think so, but <laughs> maybe you never. Know. We'll take a break. Been put his feet okay. in the Dairy Queen machine. We'll, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get your guys' thoughts uh, about the you know, some text five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. We'll talk about Trey White committing over the weekend. What that means for U of L. Here comes the basketball discussion. Get those takes ready. It's going to happen. Hour number two on the way next. Here it's the Mike Rutherford Show on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Two here, Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, coming should've to you after a lively Derby weekend. Should have played. I should have gone back company on Thursday because it was Paul Rogers' birthday. Uh, and you know, the lead singer of Bad Company, don't you? I'm assuming somebody named Paul Rogers. Paul Rogers. There you go. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know if I was a Bad Company fan anymore. All right, if you're having any heating or air conditioning issues this spring, this summer, only one place to go. It's our friends over at AirServe of Louisville. Call them directly at 502-785-8600. They've got technicians available for you 24-7, any hour, any day. Call them at 502-785-8600, and someone will be available to come out to your home or place of business and fix your issue. Airserve.com slash Louisville or 
8,600. All right, we talked that first hour a lot about the weekend reaction. Mage winning the Derby. We had Damon Simpson, one of the owners of Mage, on last segment. Let's get to the big Louisville Cardinal news of the weekend. Yeah, baby. Which is a basketball commit on Saturday night. I was not expecting this. I knew that there was a, you know, RJ Luis, the UMass transfer that we had been, um, we hosted a couple of weeks ago that we'd been in on. I knew he was announcing his commitment on Sunday. And there's been a lot of talk in recent weeks that it's kind of, it was going to be white or Luis, whichever one committed to us first. And so I was like, you know, I, I thought all eyes are on Sunday. Either Luis is going to come to us or Trey White maybe commits earlier in the day. And then, bam, out of nowhere, as, like, I finally get the kids down, I'm, like, ready to go to sleep. I'm like, God, it's been a long weekend. Let's do this. Trey White commits Saturday night. Derby night surprise for Kenny Payne as the USC transfer, one of the highest-rated transfers on the board, picks UofL. White, a a first-team, I guess not first-team, but a all-Pac-12 rookie team selection this past year after averaging 9 points and 5.1 rebounds per game for the Trojans. He went to the NCAA tournament. They were a 10 seed, got beat by... Uh, Michigan State in the first round. He shot 47.4% from the field, just 26.5% from beyond the arc. But 6'7", he's that that type of player that Kenny Payne loves the guard position. Long, versatile, very good athlete, good finisher around the rim. Handles it okay. I, I know that people are going to be a little bit back and forth on that. From watching him, and this is, I, I watched most of him when I'd heard that he was probably going to commit here a couple of weeks ago, and then obviously it was a little bit of a delay. But from watching a decent amount of USC basketball, he goes right a lot. He's really good with the right hand. He's not as good with the left. I think that's something that's going to have to be improved on. And I'm talking about both when it comes to him handling the ball and with him finishing. He loves finishing with that right hand. He's really good at it, but not as good with the left. He's a good passer. Um, the shot looks good. I think it may be one of those deals where he's not going to be like a 40 to 45% three-point shooter, but I can see that number going up a solid amount this year just because it looks like a shot that should hit more than at a 26.5% clip. He's got a good mid-range shot. He defends well enough. He's he's long. He's athletic. He does not move great laterally, but I think he's still a guy that can probably defend adequately at three positions. And again, if he gets the right tutelage and is in the right system, he can become a, a better defender. <clears throat> he strikes me as, and I, I think this is probably something that you're going to agree with. He's that, that, that type of USC player that, like, when you watch him play college basketball, you, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll pop every now and then, he'll make a big time play. But at USC, you know, they're just kind of a, a whatever team. He's putting up decent stats. And then, bam, he's drafted like 21st overall. And you're kind of like, well, what? He's that type of player. Supremely gifted. A lot of people thought, thought he had a chance to be kind of a long shot, one and done player. <laughs> Hit the cough button for me real quick. Thank you. Nah, a little tickle there, huh? A little tickle. Won't go away. Is it from the excitement of Trey White? I, the, I've got Trey White fever over here. I almost said something really bad that was going to. Ah, don't worry. Huggins said that. Oh, uh, yeah. Right Huggins, I, I can't. <laughs> I don't think you're it was gonna... not going to be a Huggins-ism. By the way, according to Twitter, is now that new head coach of Liberty. I saw that joke out there. <laughs> now, first Coming of all, in five years. I did giggle it, and then now it's like now like every other tweet is like about Liberty. I'm like, okay, now it's going to get old. But yeah, but... That's the problem with Twitter is like you think you have something original to say, and you do it, and you realize you're like the 30 millionth person to tweet it. There have been like, so many times where I'm like, oh, that's gold. Like, yeah. I'm, Twitter, I'm Twitter searching. I'm like, oh, somebody made the same joke seven days ago. That's why I don't tweet anything. That's one reason I don't tweet jokes. I'm just like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother. But why? Yeah. I, I think he is a player who I think he makes you better. 
I, I, I do. I I'm think actually he, watching highlights of him right now as you talk. I, I think he probably steps in and is your starting two guard. Um, well, does that mean James is the three? I think James would probably play more of the three. Okay. That's um, okay. I think that, that why, I mean, who knows? I mean, you, I mean they're interchangeable. They it's, it's positionless basketball, for God's sake, Trev. These guys can play everywhere. But I think he can adequately play probably the two, three, or the four. If you want to say the one, fine. It, it, I think it depends on the offense and who you're going up against. Uh, he was ranked by Kevin Sweeney of Sports Illustrated recently as the number five best available player in the portal. The Athletic had him as the third best player in the portal before he committed to Louisville. Um, and again, we had him on Balloon Glow night. The Balloon Glow does not miss. Doubt the Balloon Glow at your own peril. We landed him. We need to make this a thing. 12 scholarships now taken for U of L men's basketball. There's one left, and there's only one player that I know of that we're actively recruiting because we Luis did commit to St. Well, John's. That doesn't mean yeah, Luis did commit to St. John's on Sunday. Churchill Abbas did commit to DePaul, which DePaul fans are like, Tweeting me, like throwing me. I'm like, wait, we very clearly, we don't want him. We, we, we didn't want him. Kenny went to Africa, didn't like what he saw. We backed off. Congrats. Enjoy Churchill Abbas. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's all eyes on Mackenzie and Baco now. And we'll talk more about him uh, later this segment because I do want to, to wrap up the Trey White conversation and give you a chance to give your thoughts. But Trey White to Louisville, excited? You're asking me? I'm asking you. Um, your thoughts. I mean, I think you just gave your answer. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say I'm not unexcited. I'm just not gonna like. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna jump out of the chair and do jumping jacks and high fives and. And I probably wouldn't have done that for RJ Luis either, to be honest with you. I will do it for Mbako maybe a little bit more, but I just it's just like I feel like we just we just keep getting more wing guys, and he's a wing player. I love people on social media are like posting him along with everybody else, and, and the word guard next to him like now who needs guards? People, I'm like. There also are some. There, you're you're playing wanna... really fast and loose with the term guard here when we talk. I think maybe we need to retire that word and say ball handler. Maybe I don't yeah. know. It's like some people are using the video, highlight videos. Like looks like a guard to me, and he's like taking two dribbles and hitting a pull up jumper. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. shot is Jalen Withers. The, the release do that. is a little low. From I, I, when you talk about his release, I'm watching. I just kind of watch a little highlight, mostly the 20 points he scored in Long Beach. Uh, it did look like he could use his left hand a little bit on on some moves, but. Uh, the shot does look a little like on the shoulder, a little lower to the shoulder to me from the right side. I mean, it's just me. I like a little high release. Maybe it's just the word high being in there. I like, but I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I like the fact that he, along with James and uh, Dino and 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 you know, everyone, we're, we're basically the, the Miami kid. Oh, you, Danilo, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> the dog from Flintstones. <laughs> so. Th- I like the fact that we're we're, we're looking at maybe we're, I'm hoping if some one of these new wing guys can be a legitimate go to guy to go with what James Dopey progressed, then I'll be happy. I mean, well, yeah. I think Ivanovich is going to play just the four. I think and, and I, I don't I, think Ivanovich is going to play much at all personally. I mean, but. Well, yeah, well, that, that's probably a safe bet. But like, <laughs> if he does play, like he's going to be just at the four. I think when you're looking at the wing players, and there's a, a Rick Bozich snippet today in his story for WDRB that. Um, I, I think we'll generate conversation about specifically Karan Davis. But Davis is in that mix as a guy who's apparently going to play the one and the two for Louisville. And then you've got you've got Flowers, you've got White now, and you've got Mike James, who I think can adequately play the two or the three. James and White will play the two, three, I would think, as a starting, just because uh, Flowers probably isn't going to be ready. 
Yeah, you, right we don't away. know. I wouldn't expect him to. If he is, then then awesome. But I wouldn't exactly. expect him to. That's how that's where um, I'm. And Caleb Glenn and Curtis Williams, if you want to toss them in there too, but those are true freshmen. I mean, I've seen Glenn highlight. I mean, I know Glenn's not ready. I know Glenn Glenn's behind lands in terms of where he's at right now. So I mean, then again, I haven't watched him in, in, since he went to the prep school, so maybe he didn't make pro- progressions forward. I, for the thing that, that we should say, and I wish more people would just do this, is we just don't know when, when it comes to these kids. Like, like we can we watch know. Trenton Flowers' highlights. We can talk about him being a reclass. Maybe he's just way better than everybody thinks he is. We, we don't. Nobody has any idea. I keep seeing people like people will send me messages like, "You're downplaying Karan Davis. This guy is a dog." I'm like, "How do you know?" Like, no, really? <laughs> I've got no idea if, that he, if he sucks or if he's fantastic. I've got no idea, and neither do you. And the thing is, is that they, they, if at best, they've seen just the same stuff we've seen. We've seen Juco so highlights. You're really, just guessing an opinion. I mean, I mean, and that's what I'm saying when I watch Trey. I mean, I can, I, I can, I can guess. I can tell you what maybe my gut feeling tells me. That doesn't mean it's right. Exactly. Everything else in my life tells me my, going by my gut has been wrong anyway. We are, we are, we are a team that look. The roster is is shaking out. We've got one spot left. It's it's going to go to McKenzie Mbako or somebody that we don't even know about right now. But if it's Mbako or even if it's like a, a junior transfer, we're going to be a young team for sure. There's no well, quite, there's yeah. no longer any doubt about that. We can all try to guess and, and make educated guesses. We can watch film till we're blue in the face. We can look at numbers. We can look at stats. We can play out combinations. The fact of the matter is we're all just guessing here. I mean, we're even guessing about the guys that are coming. We all assume Mike James is going to take a gigantic leap forward. We don't know. No, we don't. We thought... We, that trainer was going to do it his sophomore year. He didn't. We don't know how Sky Clark is going to. We we have we saw very little of him last year yeah. at Illinois. We saw less than a, a half season of him. Like, we don't know how he's going to translate here. We don't know if it's going to be the five star player or the guy who unfortunately had more turnovers than than assists at Illinois. Like we just we are all just get. I mean, maybe Trenton Flowers is a stud, a one and done type stud who can start at the two or start at the three. Maybe he's a guy who looks like a reclass 18-year-old who probably maybe should be still be playing high school basketball. We just don't know. But I, I think that we know a little bit more about Trey White than the average player because he started 29 out of 33 games for a USC team that was pretty good last year, made the NCAA tournament. Bad, yeah, yeah I mean, look, if, if we had the same type of season that USC had last year, I think most fans are going to be happy that you know we're an NCAA tournament team I mean one positive and you mentioned this when you were kind of doing this like breakdown is, is, is and again I just watched just the highlights of two games that he had last year one of which he scored 20 in though which I would assume is probably a season high um I mean he was somebody they could put the ball in the court and, and put the ball on the floor and kind of take it to the, the rim which is something that we severely lacked last year outside of Ellis I mean Lands tried to do it his year one but he was a true freshman I mean you didn't I mean, you saw it, it took halfway through the season before he kind of got comfortable even putting the ball in the court. And even then, you saw a true freshman out there. You saw, you know, someone, and White, I'm sure, had games like that as well for USC fans. You know, James clearly struggles putting the ball in the court. He, I like the way when he can post up smaller guards and, and play on the perimeter, but in between, he needs a lot of improvement still to this day. And seeing White do that, at least in the, just the two games I watched, the, the clips of them, and they are highlights, and they're called highlights for a reason. But uh, that that does make me feel I do, I do like seeing that in a player. That's something we desperately lacked last year because when Ellis couldn't get the ball on the floor and get in the get penetration, we just basically stood around with our thumbs up our butts. For sure, I mean that's you're not wrong, and he he can definitely do that for you. His career high, his season high last year, 
He did score 22 against Washington. Okay, I, I watched the Long Beach 20 point and the other. Those one. were his two highest high yeah. scoring games of the season. He was pretty consistent though. He was typically a guy who was going to play 25 to 30 minutes, maybe 35 if he was got it going a little bit and was kind of in that. And I and I five to fifteen point range. Let's do Enfield's recruiting you, which I do like. Andy Enfield, he's a guy that you know. I thought I still said Indiana should have hired years ago instead of Archie Miller. But uh, I, I, he, if he, he's going after him, other than being a top fifty recruit, you, you expect him to be an athlete and someone who can yeah. run up and down the court, and and that's what looks like he can do, and that's that's a good thing. And he was a guy that the you know these people who make a living, Sam Vecini's of the world, who make only cover the NBA draft, who look at college players mm-hmm. through that NBA draft lens. There was a lot of chatter that he could be kind of a. Oh yeah, he's, he's the perfect mold. Uh, he, he could be a down low kind of one and done guy. Th- yeah. There was some thought that maybe that could happen. Um, now there's a lot of talk that he could be a breakout sophomore star who you know, has a like I said the the, the classic USC okay well, college career, but somehow translates into like a first round NBA draft pick and then goes and has a as a big time career. Basically, all these draft guys are saying he's not going to be a four year college player because he's got that type of ability, that type of upside. Which is what Kenny Payne's looking for. He wants these types of players. I mean, six seven two ten. That's the NBA wing prototype right now. And he has this, I think, translatable skill set. Uh, is it worry you though that he's we're now his what fifth school in four years or whatever? Is he one of those guys? I didn't know. He how went much to he three different high, high schools, school. and he went to USC, and now he's here. It's the way of the world now. I, mean, I know, and, and I guess he started in Dallas, then went to Milwaukee, and then finished at Prolific Prep in California. So that no. you're right. I mean, that's not uncommon, I guess, nowadays. But I don't know. It's it's still. I still wonder if it's the ways or what red flag or not. Maybe. I mean, he was a surprise transfer from USC for what it's worth. A lot of people yeah. thought that he was going to, you know, one more season he'll step into an elevated role with some of the guys that they lost. Um, well, he's been replaced already. Yeah, they got Bronny now. Uh, we'll talk about that. We later. traded. That's what because I guarantee see, people don't realize that we actually did sign Bronny. We traded him for Trey White. Now, I think the, the, the one thing that I do want to pump the brakes on when it comes to Trey White is people saying that he can – and this is not a me like oh no like, like I'm flipping out about this. He can't play point. He, he he's not a lead guard. Like he is very much a two three, and he can handle it just enough. I think to play the two adequately, he's still more of a natural small forward. And I know you're you're saying positionless basketball, and I get that. But if you're asking if we're in that same situation where it's like Sky Clark needs a break, or Sky Clark's got three fouls, or Sky Clark's hurt, or Sky Clark's just not playing well, he's not a guy that you can just slide over to the one and have him initiate the offense. Having him try that will go about as well as we as it went when we tried Mike James doing that last year, and I think we turned it over on three or five possessions. I mean, Mike James, we used to, we were just lucky when he was able to like relieve Ellis bringing up against the press. And, and that happened rarely. And that still it took him an extra like 10 seconds, it felt like, and the offense was already behind the eight yeah. ball. And he averaged exactly one assist a game last year, by the way. Yeah, and, and I think like one point one turnovers. Yeah, there, there's, there was, yeah, multiple people, including two that are taller than him on that roster that averaged more assists than he did. Like he wasn't that guy. He was not yeah. initiating the I'd offense. Him to be. His, his points came as more of a product of the offense mm-hmm. than you know of, of him setting people up. Like that wasn't what he was set out to do. I think he can help you in a lot of ways next season. But if you're looking for him to be that combo guard that you know alleviate some of the ball handling duties from Sky Clark, he's not going to be that type of player. You're gonna have to have somebody else step up and fulfill that role. And I do want to get to Rick Bose's comments about Karan Davis a little bit later because I think that lends itself to this conversation. But I, like, this is a good get for me. Like, oh, no, it's a, it's a it, no, you're right. And here's why. I know we've talked about guards, ball handler, guards, yada, yada. There's your first one, have a drink. But 
the fact is also like when we talk about the wings in terms of wing positions to help James or along with James, we've kind of penciled in as one of those two wings. I mean, right now, at least Trey White brings a guy while still only a freshman at USC. Like you mentioned, he was, you know, first team all first team, you know, all rookie or all freshman, whatever they want to call it. He played good minutes for a, a tournament team. Mm-hmm. And with if you don't include him, that other conversation for that other wing is a Juco that we don't even knew existed until six months ago. A freshman, a pure freshman who we just went through that with Lands, and it's probably less to recruit Lands and Glenn. A kid from Miami who we don't even know is going to play the three, four, five. We don't even know who's, how to pronounce his name properly. I mean, we, we there was a lot of question marks. Not that Trey White doesn't bring them as well, but Trey White gives at least gives you more stability at the question mark position at that other wing. For sure, I think he's he's more of a known commodity than just about anybody else that we got on this roster yeah. who could play the two or the three, and I think he slides in immediately and is. Probably a projected starter at this point. Would you still take in Luis over him, though? No. Okay, really? Okay. Yeah, I would take Trey White. That's good. Well, the, I think that's the first time that uh, in the KP recruiting era that he's done something you agree with, and you would have been like, instead of you been like, I wanted that guy instead, but I'll take this guy. No, I'm not necessarily. I mean, I I, I, I love what he did the first week. I think getting Flowers, Evans, and Clark was all. That's true. Like, I'm, I'm more in on Sky Clark than a lot of people are. I think Sky Clark is, I think if we have another bad season, yeah, but you were it's more... not going to be because of Sky Clark. Well, no. I think he's going to be good. I, I agree with the first part of that sentence a lot more than I would the second half still. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm in on, more in on Scott Clark than I think you are and then then I think a lot of people are. Well, I think it's because I thought you were along with me. Scott Clark wasn't your first choice at this position. Compared to who? Minifield. I wanted Scott Clark. I wanted somebody else with him. Okay. Well, all right. I'll, yeah. I'll take that. All right. Yeah. Wait, I, why don't you get around that one? Good job. Yeah. No, I, I think one year needs, law school worked out. No, I think that he, <laughs> I think he's a very, very good player. I think asking him to be putting him in the LLS role isn't fair to anybody. It wasn't fair to L last year. No. And I, 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 I fear that we're doing the same thing again. But look, that's the staff thinks otherwise. They think that he has enough ball handling help, and we'll find out. Uh, I, I hope that they're right. But I, I think that RJ Luis. He would have been more of a help in that respect than Trey White will be. But I think that White's, the things that he does well, he does them better than things that, that Luis does well, if that makes any sense at all. I guess um, the only reason I would like, I, I, I felt like a lean towards Luis just for the defensive reasons. I would he's, think that, a, he's a good defender. I would think he would be, a, a guy coming from a Frank Martin team would probably be a better defender than someone who played for a year in Rainy Hands. I think White can be a really good defender. I think I mean, he has all the, the attributes to be a really, really good defender. It's just a matter. I mean, a lot of it's on the coaching staff. Like, there's a reason why great defensive coaches can go to different programs and recruit different types of players and still have great defensive teams. True. It's a it's a system. It's teaching. It's inspiring players to give that effort. Because I mean, look, it's an old cliche, but defense is a lot about just commitment, just about wanting to do it and, and going out there and doing it and effort for sure. And last year, part of the reason why we were so woeful on defense was. We had guys that just didn't want to play defense. If you can inspire Trey White to want to be a defensive stopper, he's got every asset necessary to be a defensive stopper. And that's, look, that's that's one of those things that you look back and you say, it's on the coaches. We're paying them a lot of money to get stuff like that done. Get it done. Turn him into a very good defensive player. But yeah, RJ Luis definitely was more of a known commodity as a defender in his one season at UMass. But also the competition wasn't as, as good in the A-10 as it was in the Pac-12. So... I think, eh, not much, man. The back to back twelve was actually down this year, wasn't it? It was. I mean, way better than the A ten. It was better than the ACC. I mean, they had the only team worse than us. 
Yeah, and, and USC stomped them pretty good. <laughs> I'd hope so. Yeah, so beat them by <laughs> 37 in their, their only meeting. Said, don't tell me that was one of the, their Cal's only law wins. No, it was not. Because didn't Cal win? I think oh, They won two games. They beat Stanford and somebody else. Stanford. Yeah, Stanford sucks. But I, no, I think this is a good addition. It's not something that I'm going. I, I still think that there are, like I just said, the biggest weakness of this roster is still the biggest weakness in the roster to me. But I'm not going to sit here and say Trey White is a bad addition. He doesn't change anything. He makes you better. He's widely regarded as one of the best players in the portal for a reason. I think that he helps you on both ends of the floor. He increases that and already makes an already talented team just that much more talented. Um, I'm excited about it. But I still worry about not having a second lead guard in the roster. Um, Mackenzie Mbako will find out what he's going to do this weekend. There's There was a lot of chatter coming out of Kansas circles and some national recruiting writers saying he's going to take the visit to Indiana, but we don't expect him to take the visit to Louisville. A lot of people were saying Kansas did not want him to. They put pressure on him to not take the visit to Louisville, and then we find out this morning he is going to take the visit to Louisville. Uh, this is going to be Friday through Sunday. So he's at IU right now, I guess? Or he no, finished, he went this weekend. He's done there. But Kansas fans think he's locked. They think he's going there. Louisville fans think he's locked. They think he's coming here. Indiana fans, I think, felt like they had a really good visit, and then this morning he didn't commit, and he went to. He says he's going to go to Louisville. They're no longer feeling as confident. Here's what I think, and the, again, this is I don't, I'm not I'm not playing the I've got inside info game. I'm not trying to to tell you anything. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I think when we look back at this recruitment, it's going to be a DJ Wagner type deal where he was going to Louisville all along. I, I think that he was you know, the the initial report before he even announced that he was asking out of his letter of intent at Duke when this became a rumor. The rumor was he's not going to go to Duke and he's going to come here. I think kind of all along he's, he wants to take the visits. Maybe he's got people around him trying to drive the price up. Maybe he just wanted the attention. I think when push came to shove this whole time, we're going to look back and be like, he was he was coming here all along. It was just kind of a show. And I think he commits this weekend. And I think we land McKenzie and Baco. And I think we have a roster that undeniably is talented enough to be an NCAA tournament team, which is all I want. But that that step. Baca, I kind of wish we got him on the, yeah, the ball handling guard, but yeah. yeah, I'm right there with you. But I think that you have a roster that you look at on paper and you say that team, if they have a coach who's one of the top ten in the sport, and we're a top ten program in the sport, we deserve a top ten coach in the sport. If you have a top ten coach in the sport, he takes that team to the NCAA tournament. Which is, that's step one: assembling the roster. Step two: getting it done on the floor. And I like it because there should be no more questions after this season. If you get McKenzie Mbako, right now, according to Bartorvik, I don't know how he calculates this type of thing, but he says we have the sixth most talented roster in all of college basketball. He still projects us to go 12-19 and 19 based on what we did last year. That's what his, his model has us going. If you have one of the most talented teams in the entire country and your coach can't get them into the NCAA tournament, and let's say maybe can't even sniff the NCAA tournament, we know this isn't going to work. It's done. If he gets you into the NCAA tournament and let's say does it comfortably, full speed ahead. We got our guy. Let's roll, KP. Let's keep recruiting. Let's keep killing it. Let's go win some national titles in the next decade. That's all I want. I, I want to know by the end of this year. No more of this. Just wait till this. Just wait till that. Just wait till this. Just wait till that. No more purgatory. Either he's the guy or he's not the guy. Let's find out this year. Having that roster assembled, if we land in Baco this weekend, gives us that luxury. So are we officially at the point where I can say what is your starting lineup next year? 
with him, Baco, or without? How about how about one with and one without? With him, <laughs> Clark, White, James, Mbako, Huntley Hatfield. Sounds like a boy band, but okay. That's kind of <laughs> Mackenzie, <laughs> Trey, Sky. Bye bye bye. <laughs> and Dennis. <laughs> Dennis the G Menace. Of course, I won on. <laughs> Without him, I don't know. Toss trainer in there, I guess, at the four. <laughs> That's what I go with. Yeah. Yeah, trainer, you can go in there now. Go and get in there. I, I mean, mean I, if Mackenzie Abaco comes here, he's starting. I don't know what you want me to say. He's starting to and he's starting to four, right? That's where I would have him. It's it's positionless basketball, Trev. Wrap your mind around it. I'd almost say if he's starting to four, then I'd almost maybe trainer to five and bring Hundley off the bench. But you could do that. I think, I think that would depend on maybe the matchup too. But if you're talking like the beginning of the season, then you can still do it because those matchups are, I mean, you're talking about, you know, your Bellarmines and you're at a conference school. Trainers should be able to match up against anybody they're going to put at the five. Making me even more confident that Mackenzie and Baco is going to come to Louisville. On three updated their class of 2023 rankings today, and they dropped him from a five-star to a four-star. Oh, it's a lock. He's definitely coming. He's already announced. It's done. I mean, I, I want to get somewhat excited over some of these additions, and – Here's the one problem that, that I'm having, though, and 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 I know, and you can try to can change my mind all you want. Texas can change my mind all they want. No one's gonna change my mind until the season starts and KP does it himself. I just worry what if even with a, a roster that I think can be talented, I do worry if this coaching staff can get the best out of them. I think uh, that's fine. I mean, I'm in, I'm in the exact same spot. I mean, last year just I think it kind of goes without saying. Last year disappointed me. I mean, I was I was disappointed in a lot of ways last year. And it wasn't just off the roster. It was just a lot of the way the roster was handled. And I've said that, you know, so I've been blue in the face, red in the face, orange in the face, whatever you want to color, you want to color me. But I think we're all there. I know. I, I think there's some, I'll be like, well, be, be, don't be negative, Trevor. I mean, look, we've added talent. I, I, who's just, I'm not saying I'm confident he can even win with a talented team at this point. I, Trevor, I, 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 think, I think we're all there. Okay. But I think you can't just, you, you also just can't, if we're saying this is a two-step process, where step one is, Assemble the talent necessary to have a good season. Okay. And step two is actually have the good season. <laughs> I think it's fine to say to say after step one has been completed, like, cool, talk to me after step two. I think we're all of that mindset. But it's still like, you know, you, you still celebrate winning the first game. It's, it's like if you have a coach that you can't win the big one and you win the, the AFC championship, you're still going to celebrate. You still may be like, I want to see him win the Super Bowl, but you're still going to celebrate achieving that first goal. So while while I'm right there with you, and I certainly still have doubts about the the roster assembly, and I still have doubts about you know what we saw last year from this coaching staff and how it's going to translate to an even talent more talented roster, I'm not going to sit there and be like I'm not excited about the guys that they've assembled. Like you can we can still celebrate good news even if we are pes I don't know not not pessimistic cautiously optimistic about the season that that comes up in November. I think you were right the first time with me, but that's okay. What do you mean? I'm more pessimistic probably than constantly optimistic. I'm probably, I mean, if, you, if you're asking me if I'm, maybe this this would be a good poll question if we land Mackenzie and Baku, because we did that, like, your confidence level in Satterfield and, and mm-hmm. Kenny Payne last year. Like, where are you right now? If you have four choices. If you are over the moon, KP's the guy. If you're cautiously optimistic. If you're cautiously pessimistic. Or if you're, I'm totally out on this guy. He's going to be fired five months, no questions asked. I, I'd definitely land on 
cautiously pessimistic. That's exactly what I was going to lay in. Yeah, but uh, but I'm also not going to be like, yeah, hey, he's definitely gone. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to come off like that. I want to be. I want to give him a chance. We all want this to work. Yeah, no, their chance is there. I want him to prove me wrong. I'm uh, as, as I said Same. last year. I was I, I tried to stay positive as far as I could. I mean, in, in, in three games. <laughs> you were very positive after that 0 3 start. I, you know, that's farther than a lot of people made it. I like that. I mean, farther than I made it. You were trying, I mean, you were trying to talk me off the ledge after the. I was like, this is terrible. We're off. You're like, they've gotten better every game. I'm and like, they had. I was like, you're not wrong. So, like, going in, I mean, going into next year, I'm, I'm going to. I'm not going to go into the first game and be like, you know, Randy Quaid, Major League 2, like, we suck. We're, we're not going to do anything. No, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be positive. I just. If I'm they just lose try- the first exhibition. I guess. Game. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm just even with the the talent level, the talent supposedly getting better, getting better on the roster. I'm just trying not to convince myself that like I'm not. I'm trying to get overzealous about it. Oh, I'm not either because I just I know I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. Then again, by the time that's happening though, we'll be in the top top ten of college football and we'll be on our way to AC titles. So I have other things to concern myself with. No, what I just said is is where my mind is, which is. I want a roster that on paper should be in the NCAA tournament so that if we do fall short of that goal, there's no, lo- there's no back there's and forth. There's no arguing. Okay, yeah. There's like, this guy just, he's not the guy. He's not the, he's not a guy who's going to win national titles here. If we're a top 10 program, if this is a top 10 job in the sport, you should have a top 10 coach in college basketball. Agreed. And if you've got a top, I don't know, 25 roster, which I think this roster would be if you had McKenzie and Baco, and you can't make you know, the NCAA tournament, I think I've seen all enough. I, I need to see. And if he does, awesome. That's what we all want. We want this to work. Um, so I, I, I'm right there with you. I'm just also willing to, I think, maybe get more excited about the fact that he's achieving step one. It's all right. Uh, apparently the audio of Bob Huggins is out there. You're younger. I know. I'm. Trust me. I've got a tweet already ready to listen to it. Man, I'm going to see. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get to the Thornton text line for the first time. 502-414-1450. Your thoughts on everything we talked about the first half of the show. It's coming your way next here on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. Cheap trick. <laughs> I mean, he says it twice. Which he does. He 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 says yeah. the the cigarette word first, and then combines he says it. Says Catholic cigarette word. Yeah. What do you? I mean, I mean, even if you think like that's that's funny, or have you not followed the news at all the last like five years? I like, mean, he's got to know that that's not going to play. I guess. I mean, he said from someone who has been 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 trouble with this <laughs> words I didn't know were bad before. You okay. Tickle my throat at the right time, probably. It's probably yeah. God being like, don't talk, Trevor. Yeah, maybe I'm, yeah, I don't know where you're going with this. 
Because I've gotten in trouble saying stuff I didn't know was bad. You've corrected me for it on here. Yes. And I mean, now, I think I, I'm even he knows I, this is even bad. I know that. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, maybe he doesn't. I mean, he lives in West Virginia. Maybe it's okay there. I don't I know. I don't know. I mean, the, 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 the radio show host in Cincinnati, first of all, did they cold call him? They, they actually, they're just calling him up out of the blue. Like, they, they, this was not a scheduled interview. Which I agree. Is kind of weird, and they do kind of entice him a little bit. They push him. I mean, he says it, and the one guy's like, "Isn't he just the best?" Like they go, yeah. They, they make a, a transgender reference. Like they're very much pushing him. Yes. Into like, not that it excuses it, but like they're certainly not without their fair share of blame in all of this. It just, I, I, it sucks because look, he's gonna get fired. There's, I'll be shocked if he doesn't. Uh, and and I, I, like I don't think I don't know him. But from everything that I've followed, everything that I've heard, Bob Huggins is not a terrible person, and I hate that this is the way that it's probably going to end for him. Um, it just it it sucks. This, but you can't you cannot do that. Can't can't do it. Should he be fired? Yes. Yes. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not as strong on the. If you say something you shouldn't say, you should be fired automatically for it. I'm. I. If he wants to resign at this point, in his career, I could see him just being like, you know what? I'm. I'm going to fight it. It's just I will step down. Well, but if I was a younger coach, I'd be like, you know what? Whatever. I mean, I know I made a mistake. You can't just people in glass houses shouldn't always throw rocks. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a limit to that, and I think that this this crosses that for sure. Um, I'm seeing his name trending right beside uh, Connor Bedard, who's the it's the big night for with what Connor Bedard, the hockey player who like he's like the biggest hockey um, not premier drafty in in like a long time. Like supposed to be the next Gretzky, the next whoever you want to call him, Ovechkin, Nick Lindros. Well, no. Hey, but, Lindros is supposed to be the next Gretzky, too. He well, was, he's he, better. He's supposed to be better than Lindros. Okay, well, but I didn't set the bar very high. The draft lottery is tonight. Like, Danny's, te- Danny's a big Blue Jackets fan now, and he's, like, <laughs> texting me the picture of Rudy lighting all the candles in Notre Dame and all this stuff. <laughs> and, like, somebody just posted the sign of, where are you going, heaven or Ohio? And he's, he's the, the billboard. Like, that's Connor Bedard right now. All right, the Thornton sex line, we've neglected it all day today so far. Had a, a couple of guests. Had some big topics. A lot of recapping since we haven't been on the air since, I think, I don't know, mid-April um, after last week. So 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. We're going to get to your thoughts. That's oh, not an exaggeration. That's the truth. Yeah, it feels like it, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> the first handful of texts are all just people reacting to the news of us actually being on the air today. Just a Good. lot of. We need some positivity before it gets negative here on this text line. It's not really positive though. It's just like <laughs> well, I'm shocked you guys are on the air. Holy bleep, you guys are on the air. I hear cowboy, incredible. Um, Texas says so, so. We're not going to talk about the derby fight where one guy lost his whole eye, huh? and the lady in the yellow was found. Seth Rollins curb stomping everyone with her heels. I've no, I've not seen this. I did not. I, I mean, a guy not, lost uh, his eye in a derby fight. Who was he fighting? Haku. One doesn't really shock me, but two, no, I've not seen it. That's yeah. To that's tell me there good. was like a crazy fight at the Derby, I'm not gonna like be like, no way. <laughs> yeah. Let's run to the website, internet, and find what's what's the website we see all the, the fights. It's, I think it's the Stars or something. It's called Hip Hop Star or something. And that's the one that puts up like fights all the time. A uh, World Star, World Star. Thank you. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere on there. It probably didn't. It probably hadn't been relevant in 20 years, but you know, <laughs> that's where I am in relevancy. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, that is kind of. How do you? I mean, do you, like poke him in the thumb with it. I mean, I'm seeing this fight. I'm seeing and it's in like the nice seats too. Like this guy, ooh, even better. But you don't see much of the fight. You do see the guy with like it, what appears to be like an eyeball gone. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, this, this woman in this yellow dress who's going 
doing a lot of kicking and heels and going crazy, but you don't see the actual, there's not much of the actual fight. What does someone have to do at a, at a public event to piss me off so much that I take their eye? Good lord! Yeah, I don't know. Like I, 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 I that's and these just, are rich people boxes too. I, it's like cutting me in line. No, no, that 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 gets maybe a fight, but not, I'm not taking your eyeball for that. Like I don't. No, I'm just. I don't know. Like I don't know what somebody could do to like make me so mad. I got a text that once that sex with my mom. I don't even want him to take his eye. <laughs> <laughs> I got just personally kind of want to. Well, maybe if I take it, maybe to help him out, take his eye. But I don't want to. Got an anger. Want to do it? Ew, that's gross. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Uh, Texas, holy bleep, you all are on the air. There you go. Thank you. Texas, they had that deal on Twin Spires where you could get back up to $10 if your win bet placed second or third. I placed $10 to win on almost every favorite all week and did very well. I didn't realize that. I, I thought that was like for, and maybe it was. I That was one of those opt-in deals. I thought it was just for like new users. Yeah, I don't know if I got rewarded on that. I, I was betting on Twin Spires app all weekend, and I, I don't even pay attention if it helped me or if they did anything like that for me or not. Yeah, almost all of those those deals, like those when they run on Derby Days, are for, like, first-time users. If you've made your first deposit, and I have unfortunately made <laughs> way more than one deposit but into my Twin Spires. We got yeah. some more breaking news. Apparently, Brett Favre is boycotting Fox News until they bring Carson Tucker back. Tucker Carlson? Whatever his name is. Carson Tucker? <laughs> yeah, who's, who's Carson Tucker? Who Nobody. <laughs> you combine Carson Palmer <laughs> and Tucker Carlson. It's a new one. Uh, but apparently he is boycotting yeah. I was wondering why the dude's hot and trendy. Why is that, why, isn't Brett Favre going to jail? I mean, <laughs> why does anybody care? Well, what I got worried because the two top trending things on my thing right now are Bob Hebgens, Brett Favre, and Femboy Hooters. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know if they were all three connected. I was just curious. Like, <laughs> why does anybody go? Even if Brett Favre wasn't a controversial figure these days, why does anybody care what he <laughs> thinks about what news? What, was he, what is he like, the god of the Nielsen ratings? Does he have the ultimate Nielsen box? That, like, if he's like, I'm not watching Fox, guess what? It's going to get canceled because I've got a Nielsen. I would love to get one of those boxes one day. Imagine being somebody, <laughs> and, and I would say this if we're talking, like, left side, right side, whatever. But imagine being somebody who, like, Brett Favre boycotting a news station is the last straw for them. <laughs> they hired him just because of that. Or, like, you know, imagine it's like, you know, I'm trying to think of who the athlete is. If Lamar Jackson was like, I'm not watching CNN until they bring back Aaron Brown, <laughs> it's not going to affect how I take in news. Like, you know, I'm not watching these, these these channels anyway, but, like, what are you doing? Uh, by the way, why does anybody care? I don't know why I just came across an Onion headline, <laughs> which I have a buddy that doesn't ever still know that Onion is fake. So I'll send him Onion clips, and he'll be like, that's not ever going to happen. I just, oh, my God. I just love doing it. Onion headline, Brett Favre makes amends by sending photo of his penis to every Mississippian on welfare. <laughs> I enjoy it. It's pretty good. It's good. Uh, so Brett Favre's not watching Fox anymore, so we, it's going to be over now. It's going under. Now if you're Brett Favre and like Fox's ratings just tank, do you just take full credit for oh, Of course you do. <laughs> He says this quote as long as they keep as long as they gag Tucker. <laughs> what gag him? He's gone. They fired him. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking to say, oh, bad love. Oh, the randomness of Twitter sometimes of let me know stuff. Texas says, Mike, <laughs> I'm worried. Based on everything we've seen and everything KP has said publicly, I don't think he believes he's on the hot seat. He is approaching this as a slow build with focus on culture, less so on a win now mentality. Why else would we focus so much on young, unproven players? We've had some variation of, of this text a lot, and I do agree with it. I do. I, I mean, I think that just 
based on the only comments that we've gotten from him since the season ended, which happened like 15 minutes after the season ended, like he did not, he, he did not seem to think that there was like any pressure on him. He got defensive. He was. He said it was a bad question to ask if he should be worried about his job or if there should be any potential shakeups on his coaching staff after going four and twenty-eight. And I, I agree with the text line. The texter says it does feel like we're building the roster as if you know a lot of young talent. Maybe we have an okay season this year, and then we hit the ground running in year three. Surely he can't really think that way. I mean, I I, I guess I shouldn't assume anything, but. You have to know in this day and age, if you go four and twenty-eight in year one, if you have the worst season ever at a program like Louisville, and you don't have, at the very least, a, a what could be defined as a good season in year two, then people aren't going to stick around and, and, and wait it out for you. Like he has to know that, I would think, but he's definitely not acting like it. Either that, or he's just that naive. Maybe could be. Because yeah, he did. I mean, like I said, he got defensive with the question and got kind of like, like. Huffy that like somebody would even ask him and he yeah. that, he, that would he, and yeah, I agree. I know we brought it up it kind of reminded us you know you know you know when when you notified me and I was in, and just like off the picking my job before how you know Chris Mack didn't know he was on the hot seat now he couldn't realize why he'd be on the hot seat at the situation at the time but and he had more reason to believe that than 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 Kenny yeah. Kane does and we still were like I mean how do you not know if you missed the tournament at Louisville in year three. Yeah, you're going to be in some trouble. Yeah, he missed the tournament by you know at least winning still three times as many, four times as many games, in less in less opportunities than KP did, and had filled it easy yeah. safely in the tournament teams in each of his first two years. Yeah, so I mean it's yeah, K, yeah, that's still. I, I don't. know. I would love to know if it is just a confidence act or just utter not, not being just naive Naivety. situation. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean we'll never know. I we mean, don't even know or him. Maybe some coaches and his wife and. Maybe that, but it did strike I me mean, the, the the way that he talked during the season throughout last year. It did strike me as like he came off as a guy who thought that this was going to be like a three four year thing, and I think he even referenced it directly a couple of times. And maybe that's you know he, he's an old school guy, he's an older guy in general. Maybe he's he's still thinking about the way that things were done fifteen twenty years ago. But with the transfer rules and with recruiting and with everything going on right now. You've got to know that people aren't going to give you three years if you had two terrible seasons to start off. I mean, hell, I mean he's a Kentucky guy. Kentucky didn't give Billy Gillespie 15 years ago more than two seasons, and he was SEC Coach of the Year in one of those two years. I mean, he's he's a he's a crumb prodigy. Crumb didn't need four years to build Louisville. We were in the Final Four in year one. I mean, you've got to you won national titles here. You know what the expectation yeah. is. You can't fall that far below it and expect people to be that patient here. You they weren't even that can't. patient at Oregon for Ernie Kent. Texas says, uh, sick interview with Charlie Brown's teacher. I know it's poor David's voice was just. <laughs> when he answered, I thought he was being quiet because I thought I was bothering him somewhere. Like, But then I just realized like, it's just. His voice is gone. He's Which, been screaming. I can, I, I, we've all been there. Of course. Like, I mean, my voice is hoarse just from being outside and doing stuff the last like three yeah. or four days. I wasn't yelling or doing anything like he was. Nothing worse than when you lose your voice. I've had it happen before. It does suck. I hate it. It's a bad feeling. It is because you're just like you want to talk, but you can't. It's, it's horrible. Texas says, I root against people who move from Kentucky to Florida. Nice interview with that guy. Let him know the rest of us don't care. I don't think that's true at all. What's wrong with moving from Kentucky to Florida? I mean, come on. Where in Florida does he live? You didn't Miami. Miami. Oh, that's not nice. He's run the, he, he's, he runs the alumni chapter down there. Oh, okay. So I met him when we played um, Alabama 
in Orlando that year when we kicked off the, the last Petrino season. Very nice guy. Very. And cool he now guy. follows us on Twitter. There you go. I just saw. I just saw a notification of him following us. Texas, I've heard North Dakota compared to quite a few things, but I've never heard it compared to the size of a man's boner. Thank you, CC Podcast. Also, not closely, very closely related. What's another name for a rubber penis? Okay, first of all, I did say that on the podcast. I yeah, said yeah. That, how, uh, how did you compare North Dakota to a man's penis? I compared it to mine. I said that uh, you know, <laughs> it was something about, I believe, Jeff Brom and football and uh, giving me the uh, boner the size of North Dakota. Was okay. my exact quote. Seem to generate a lot of attention. I feel like if I was going to compare a, 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 my penis to a state, I don't know why, but I feel like Idaho comes to mind. Yeah, maybe I should have gone bigger than North Dakota. <laughs> I mean, North Dakota's pretty good size, buddy. Yeah, the, I mean, that's, nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, honestly, yeah. Well, maybe I, I should have tried to go for California. I find Mary, but I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> it's like you, I mean, you didn't go. Like, got, no one's complaining about North Dakota. <laughs> Giant plains. I mean, it goes on forever. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't go like Mon- maybe Montana, possibly Canada, maybe next time. <laughs> Big West. I, w- I would have liked somebody to just do him random, like Iowa. Like, <laughs> bone of the size of Delaware. It's like, well, come on. We can do better. I'd be lucky to meet Rhode Island. <laughs> uh, Texas, Trevor, do I keep DeAndre Swift or trade him? Um, I don't want to talk about this. i tell you right now, if, if don't keep them thinking that you're going to get like a 1,200, 1,400-yard guy. Uh, they're going to rotate him along with Penny and Boston Scott and Trey Sermon if he can come back healthy. I did love the fact that both love and hate. I'm not a big fan of the the running backs wearing single numbers. I hate it. Kind of. I'm old school. I, I, I'm sorry. What a, what a random complaint. And but and and he's gonna he's doing what the new cool fashion is for kids for the run players to do. He wants to wear zero, and he's gonna wear zero. And when asked about the press conference, this is where I kind of went went from love to hate to him. When asked him why he picked zero, he said because it's the number of times the Cowboys have been in the NFC title game in my lifetime. Ooh. And he, of course, he is from Philly. He's Philly born and raised. And, and I think you're going to hate Swift. I, he's super talented. Doesn't have that dog in him. The thing is, he does. He he. The fact that we don't like to be a, a one back, and we're not the only ones to do that. I think he can fit nicely in our rotation. I'm more worried about Rashad Penny staying healthy along with him, and even and Swift staying healthy for that matter. But he's also on a one year deal. I mean, if he does, if we don't like him, we don't have yeah. to resign him. Um, and then we can obviously look at the draft again because clearly running backs do are can be found in the draft. They can. So. Um, you can put fourth rounder in like four years too for this pick. I mean, it wasn't nothing. <laughs> Texas, I've never seen a list stop at fourteen. Guess who is number fifty? Oh, it's the uh, it's the on three list of five stars. Yeah, they they capped it at fourteen, and Mackenzie and Baco is now fifteen in their rankings. I mean, shouldn't everything be by by increments of five You'd when think. you do lists? It's just it, it's on me. This is what they do. This is who they are. It, this is Roush doing his on three thing. Oh yeah, he's controlling the whole on three community, and they're. But it, it just I don't care. It just means that Mackenzie and Baco is coming to Louisville if they're doing this. If they're working that hard. <laughs> Nike on Nike more than it is on three. Get in my face. Um, what is this? Yeah, I, I, I do want to talk about it next hour. People are sending in the tweet. The we we have another college baseball gambling. Scandal. I didn't see the video. So is there a video of, of basically someone with Alabama like bait, making bets? No, there was apparently there was there was I think the video's out, but like there's a guy in line on a FaceTime call with, with the Alabama baseball coach, and it was like a high school baseball coach who like knows this guy. And so that's like a, but today 
the Iowa Gaming Commission announced that it's acknowledged an investigation into the Iowa baseball team. Two Iowa baseball players were held out of action this past weekend. How low do you have to be to gamble on college baseball? I mean, but see, this is where you get when you start opening up the doors to gambling on other sports. Or like that, so, You're right. Somewhere there's going to be someone doing black market stuff. And that's how they're getting caught is because the, basically these, these I mean, it's, these that, it's human nature for us to do this. These DraftKings are like, nobody's betting on college baseball games. No. And so out of nowhere, if we see a dramatic uptick, if we go from like having three or four bets on a college baseball game to having hundreds, that's when we know that something's up. And like large amounts and all this stuff, like that's how they're catching people. And, that's the- and I did like my guy Roger Sherman, who I used to work with. It's like this is all just making me wonder, like what other events have I bet on that nobody else is betting on? I mean, and you got to think like when you look at like the, the gambling with the major because of NIL, I think you've kind of one of the positives you can use for NIL is it kind of has taken away the I think somewhat threat of the point shaving scandals in in some of your like bigger sports like your basketball and football because. I mean, most of the time when you saw a kid like a, a Lee or a Smith, a Steve Smith or, you know, other guys down the line in the last 20 years or so, 30 years, it gets been more 30 years, that have been caught with point-shaving incidents. And these are kids that are probably trying to make an extra $20,000 maybe or $10,000 or five thousand because, you know, what, where they are in, with, without nil. Now with NIL, I mean, you're going to tell a kid, hey, I'm going to give you 10 grand to shave these points but it'll ruin your life. And you'll never have a chance to make me. And you're already making 40,000 from the university. Cause it's not I'm, worth the risk. It's not. Yeah. Now that said, we get down to the level of baseball. No, I mean, something yeah. tells me your NIL is not exactly probably going, Oh, I can get, I'm making so-and-so in NIL, but I can make this much if I maybe accidentally on purpose strike out. That's the excuse for the players. I don't get the, the Alabama baseball coach. If you have that much to let I me, mean, the guy's making six figures. If you're the head baseball like coach at Alabama, yeah. Like, is it really worth the risk for him? Like, no, that seems very silly. That just sounds like somebody's probably just just a total bleep hole, he probably. He be just I a mean, moron. He's, he's gone. Yeah, because I mean, that's just dumb. I saw TJ just retweeted this, and I retweeted it, too. Bob Huggins tweet from November of 2020 saying, I want to thank my friend Tom, Tom Brenneman I've seen it, yeah. traveling to Morgantown, it, yeah. speaking to the team. His message isn't one of excuses, but one of accountability. It takes courage to confront mistakes head on, and I believe our guys learn from that with his time with us. So he knows you can't say it. You cannot say it. Well, now when did when did when did Tom, when did Tom get in trouble for saying it? Well, it was after twenty twenty, wasn't it? No, this that's the whole thing, Trevor. He's at, he had him to his practice. Oh, is that what it was for? Yeah. After he said it, okay, I didn't remember it when. It takes courage to confront mistakes head on, and I believe our guys learned that from. Oh, the okay. Time yeah, he was. It was during the. It was earlier that year. Well, maybe he thought that Tom got in trouble for, for from just referring to the city of Kansas City. I think he knew he got in trouble. That was what he was talking about, wasn't it? When he said it. Yeah, the bleep capital of, of the world. <laughs> All right, we gotta go to break. When we come back, five o'clock hour is up next. Uh, we'll take some more. We didn't get to a whole lot of text. We'll do that. But we'll, we'll reset. Also, football talk. We have not gotten to the over under win total for Jeff Brom's first season. We'll discuss that. Hour number three on the way next here. Rutherford Show on fourteen fifty The Big X.
right, welcome in five o'clock hour here of the Monday edition of Mike Rutherford Show. Talked a, a, no, talked a lot in the last segment about uh, Louisville Hoops recruiting in the last hour. Took some text from you guys. We'll take more text this hour. Real quick on the Bob Huggins situation. Yeah. Let's say this weekend, for whatever reason, like I, I've gone on record. I think we're going to get McKenzie and Baco. Not inside information. I'm just, I, I'm saying I think. I'm guessing. Okay. I think we're going to get him. Let's say we don't. One scholarship left. Bob Huggins gets fired. This is one of his most talented rosters in a long time. They've got some good pieces out there. Yeah, they were tournament team last year, right? They were. You got Raekwon Battle from Montana State. Some, who, some who, like me thought they didn't deserve to be there, but they did. Yeah, you were big. You did not like the West Virginia team. They lost to Maryland eight nine game. They did. They've got Raekwon Battle, a transfer that we were looking at from Montana State. Yeah. Kirk Creesa from Arizona. They brought back Trey Mitchell, who's very good. They Creesa's brought in a big point guard too. I mean, yeah, he. Uh, that's the point. Mm-hmm. We could use some of those guys. Just saying. Yeah, I think you're more excited about West Virginia's team than you are roster a little bit because. Well, yeah. I mean, not the guys you just named are ones we wanted on our team more than anything. <laughs> they, they've got a, they Especially a, you with two of them. They've got a very good roster next they year. Do. They brought back Joe Tucson as well. Um, I mean, and, and again, they were a tournament team last year. So they brought back key pieces from a tournament team. They added key pieces from other uh, big time teams. Like, they should be good. But if they fire Huggins, maybe some of those guys, yeah, I don't know, back open. Hmm. You just keep just promote somebody, I guess, from on staff up, up above to keep everybody happy. Well, maybe Kirk Creese doesn't want to play for an assistant. Maybe Raekwon Battle wants to play for a head coach who's been a head coach at one time he commits. Maybe he wants to come play for Louisville. Just saying, if we don't land in Baco, because that is one of the questions that I uh, I, I skipped over the last segment when we were trying to, to move through some stuff. If we don't get Mbako, what's the backup plan? Because as it stands right now, we are not publicly recruiting anybody else. We, we were we basically, we said last week, Two scholarships for four players. Three of those guys have now committed. One of them to us. We've got one scholarship left. We're recruiting one player. If he doesn't, you mean you assume you're taking a transfer portal guy. You also have the dead period coming up. There are yeah. more people in the portal, though, still. I mean, still more play, people, people in the portal. Yeah. <laughs> Easy for me. People in the portal. People in the portal. Portal people. Portal people. Uh, we can get some portal people. <laughs> That'd be a good song. Uh, May 18th, I believe, is when the, the, the dead period starts <laughs> for recruiting. Um I would assume Mbako is going to announce this decision before then. I assume it's going to, we've got 10 days. Uh, hopefully it's this weekend during his L trip, but we'll see. But if it doesn't come up, I mean, you're looking at another probably transfer portal edition, and maybe some guys from West Virginia make that happen. All right, we have not talked to any football today. I do want to get to that because there's – look, we've debated a lot about basketball. There's no debate about football, I don't think. No. Everybody's excited about what's happening. Keith Wynn posted his way too early depth charts for both the offense and the defense on Card Chronicle today. Check them out. I and, did. Yeah, he's he's excited. He's pumped. This is, Keith loves diving into the nerdom of depth charts in early May, which is great. You know, it's the things like I don't know, like so much to do. Like if you took the same roster and still put Satterfield on it, I would be nowhere near as excited. Same. I mean, it's just same. And I know that this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with the basketball team a little bit in the coaching situation, but like the because there are question marks for this roster, particularly maybe at the quarterback position. We we, we don't know which kind of maybe plumber we're going to get, but I, 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 I honestly I don't care. Every I'm time I'm so excited with Jeff Brom being, I trust in Brom that much. Every time I go to the track during Derby Week, historically. You, you, you've got a great, no matter where you are, you can always see Cardinal Stadium. Sometimes you'll drive past it. Sometimes you'll park there. Mm-hmm. And I'll always be like, man, like this is great. Derby Week's the best. Cannot wait for football, though. Four months away. Let's get it going. The last few years, 
I haven't really had that thought. Like, I, like I'm always excited, but it's been like, you know, maybe it's going to be good. Maybe we'll overachieve. That's where I've been. And this year when I went to the track on Thursday, we're sitting there, the new first turn, you got the beautiful view right there of Cardinal Stadium. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm ready to tailgate now. Rocking. And I saw Kelly Dickey the day after. He was there, I guess, for Oaks. And he tweeted out the basically the same thing from Twitter where he was like, very happy to be here for Derby Weekend, but cannot wait for football. And tweeted out a picture of Cardinal Stadium. I can't wait. It's going to be great. And uh, more reason to be excited. It's not just us gassing up this team. DraftKings, they've now set the over-under win total for Louisville football this season at 7.5. I think that's what it's been every year for like the last four years, hasn't it? Well, it ended up going to six and a half the last two. Was it okay? Yeah. Which we, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why Vegas is who Vegas is and why they have their money. I mean, a seven and a half is, you could probably, that would be everyone's guess of where the, the over-under would be for this team because everyone has pretty much said seven or eight wins. Agreed. There's I, a reason why they have what the, the, they build those statues in Vegas and where they get the money for it. Yeah, the lights aren't going out anytime soon. No. But I have liked seeing the reaction to that from a lot of people nationally who have looked at it. And these aren't people who just cover the ACC or, you know, people who just whatever. Like a lot of people are looking at all these odds and saying Louisville over seven and a half is one of my favorite bets on the board. There's a guy I sent the audio to you. Um, oh, did you? Yeah. Josh Pate, who's at late kick Josh on Twitter. I guess he works for 24-7 Sports and CBS. Does, uh, oh, this a lot of the other ga- day. Yeah. Gambling stuff. Yeah, this, this is him talking. I, w- I want to play this real quick. Just, yeah. just this minute 27 clip where he's talking about why Louisville over 7.5 wins in Brahms first season is one of his favorite bets in this initial helping of over-under choices. Louisville's over-under preseason win total is 7.5. Under? Take the under. Why? Coaching transition? Well, I disagree again. You and I are not seeing eye to eye tonight. I am taking the over at seven and a half with Louisville. And I'm going to tell you why. As Meemaw used to always teach me, schedule, schedule, schedule. They avoid the top three in the ACC. They don't play Clemson. They don't play FSU. They don't play North Carolina. They only play three true road games this year. How is that possible? Well, they play seven home. They play three road. And they play two neutrals. Now, the Georgia Tech game is quote-unquote neutral, it's in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But see, there's no hostility. Like Louisville will not struggle at all to go in there against Georgia Tech, and they'll travel a lot of their fans down here because it's the first game of the season. And they play Indiana in Indianapolis, and it's Indiana. So I think they'll be fine there. Uh, They've got a top-10 portal class coming in. Jeff Brom, by the way, is the new head coach there, which, which reminds me, they kind of stumbled into like a, a more a more desirable coaching situation than they had with Satterfield. That was kind of strained, and now they get the guy that they wanted to. They got the third best odds to win the conference. No back-to-back road games. It sets up very nicely for them. So I'm gonna take the over with Louisville, seven and a half. Bam. It all makes sense. I mean, if you believe in the team enough, and then you look at that schedule, everything points to. At least eight wins. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> and he pointed out nothing that we hadn't already said before. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that you don't play who are, quote-unquote, the big boys of the ACC, even though every year we don't know who's going to be the new big boy of the ACC in football when it right. comes like that. I mean, well, it's usually it's Clemson or Florida State. Yeah, but you, we sometimes, like, we've had Wake Forest come out in North Carolina kind of pop its head up a little bit here last couple. Maybe we had some Syracuse last year for, for a small no, portion got, of time. Went six and six. Well, that's a small portion of time. 
including including their cheating victory over Jeff, but she'll get revenge for hopefully maybe. Um, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I just the two things that popped into me when you when you sent this video was one, I was like, is that Nick Coffee? And two, who's Mima says schedule schedule? Like my, that's nothing. Like what is that? Why, why does your Mima tell you to schedule schedule schedule? Are you questioning other people's sayings? <laughs> I'm just saying that, that seems like I felt like he wanted to go with something, and he was like, but my. Your meemaw was telling you to schedule? It's all about, I mean, not my meemaw. Well, his meemaw <laughs> did. And our schedule, it does set up nicely for us. Now, we do have a, a tough non-conference game against Notre Dame. It's one of those years. Uh, we do have Kentucky's been on the, the uptick now for the last few years. So there's that. But the ACC schedule in the first year where we don't have actual divisions could not be set up more for Brom to have success in year one. I'm with him. I, mean, I, th- I think, And I'm with you, too, when you say as long as Plummer can get the job done. I think we're an eight-win team. Yeah, I agree. I'm so and the thing is, I think he has the weapons. I, the, the, the other football thing that I want to talk about, we got to give a shot. My guy Brady Brom is killing it right now on Twitter. Like this guy, he's. You mean, is he trying to earn his way onto the show? He's Patrick Ryan's boy, so I, I love him already. But Brady, True. he's breaking recruiting news essentially. Like every time we have a big recruit coming out, he's tweeting out like the little like "watch me get." And unlike other people out there, like when he puts it out there. We get the commitment coming up in the next couple of hours. Like, you know something great is about to happen when Brady says something. And then this weekend, I think it was on Oaks Day, he posts the picture of himself with, with Andy Bashir and the lieutenant governor and then his dad. He makes – he relegates his dad to the second step of this picture. They're all like one of those little, like, tiered boxes. Yeah. It's him and Bashir on the top step. Brom – Brady Brom, arm around the governor – Lieutenant Governor is down in front of him, still on the top step with with her daughter, and then he he makes his dad, the head football coach at Louisville, sit down a step so he's a like a head and a half shorter. Yeah, he's the tallest one there. Than both Brady and and Governor Bashir. I mean, just a straight power move from this kid. I love it. <laughs> he's taken over. Yeah, I mean, he is it's impressive as hell. <laughs> I could I love mean, it. But but Pops is like, I mean, he still drives you know the. The Honda, he's he's not big on. He's probably okay going down one step and be, and, and taking the spotlight off. Him and Brady right. knows it. Brady's just stepping. And Brady loves that. He takes every minute of spotlight. Dad doesn't want. He senses the little weakness. And he's just he's getting in there. It's just it's it's what he does. I love it. I mean, he was the get back coach at Purdue for a long time. He made himself a name there. Uh, he's just he, he's a star in the making. There's no question about it. That tweet, I, I laughed so hard. I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to imagine my dad in a position of power. Taking a picture like that, if I tried to be like, I'm going top step, you're going, no, he would have thrown me over the edge. There's no question about it. Uh, but Brady's just like, no. This is what I'm saying the picture. I'm making it. Yeah, I mean, Bashir's got his arm fully around Brady. His left arm, Jeff's behind him, is just dangling. He's not even putting his arm, other arm around Jeff. Jeff doesn't it, care. He's more, worried about, he's more worried about the next recruit. Brady Brom's the star. He's just he's just he's the star of the picture. He loved it. Speaking of stars, uh, you want another little breaking news update? Yes, always. I know we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. And Baco um, to Louisville. Not that big a breaking oh. news. I'm sorry. This is NBA breaking news. Oh, okay. Uh, in case you have or have or not seen it, the Suns owner taking a flop against uh, Nick and Nikita uh, Jokic last night. Complete flop. I mean, it was it was bad. Uh, as official, there will be no game five suspension for uh, Nikki, uh for Jokic for that incident. Okay, you just you were gonna go with that first name Nic- again. Well, you're, Nicola, you were gonna try twice. Yeah. Nicola, Nicola. <laughs> uh, he will be fined twenty five thousand dollars for apparently just I don't know doing nothing, trying to get the ball. Jokic I mean, got fined for that though. Yeah, be lucky. I mean, 
if this had been in a Florida game, those fans would all been tossed. I guess. I mean, the the owner himself came out and was like, "We don't need to make any more of this than it would." Like, don't yeah, because he's getting destroyed on social media, deservedly so, yeah. because he flopped like a yeah. It was it was, <laughs> it was an awful move. I mean, it's, it's like a little shot. The, the 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 hands up is what kills it because he looks like I a know. he looks like a Duke freshman trying to earn more court time from Coach K. Now let me ask you this though: Is it better to do the flop like he did and just be obvious flop, or just hang on to Jokic and then look like like staying, uh, like Van Gundy being drugged by? Alonzo's leg. They're both bad. I mean, neither one's a good look, but I almost kind of feel like I'd rather be the, the little kid being drugged by Jokic back onto the court. I mean, yeah, at least. Because, least, cause, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, Jokic is seven foot, you know, 300 pounds. You're five foot nothing, 100 nothing Rudy over here. It was a terrible look. <laughs> the Suns did win the game, though, right? They did. Owners just in the and they did throw they did throw one of the fans out that grabs his because somebody does grab his arm right and I feel like they threw that guy out and the owner was like sorry dude well the owner also (laughs) touched him first he he does yeah the owner the owner if that had been a normal fan he would have been tossed yeah and he probably I mean listen I mean I know I defended the fans a little bit in the Florida situation (laughs) because I thought maybe they was overzealous but yeah whatever I mean you still can't you still shouldn't be touching at least in that situation the, the UK player was jumping into them. Like Jokic, Jokic didn't really need to be going into there to get the ball. Like, yeah. and and if he does, then you still don't need to be touching him. Jokic had fifty three and eleven last night. Did he really? Fifty three points, eleven assists. Booker went nuts. We that's like he's not like when they start bringing up like most points in playoff games, it's always in the last like two years, with the exception of Jordan sixty three in triple overtime. And we have Booker broke the record. You have, Jordan, ba- you have Baylor. Broke, Baylor had sixty. Yeah, he broke Jordan's record for most points through this uh, this many games in the playoffs, which is nuts. I mean, Mitchell's up there with twice. Yeah. And you have, you have Butler in there from the other night with his 55 or whatever he did. I mean, people do forget, though, that Jordan, they talk about the 60. It wasn't triple overtime. Oh, it was. Yeah, they, a lot of people don't bring that up the Boston game. They're like, he had 63 against Boston. It was, tri- it was triple overtime. Uh, new, <laughs> also breaking news uh, via Kentucky Derby and NBC. The Kentucky Derby and the NBC uh, on NBC and Peacock was the most watched sporting event in America since the Super Bowl. So there you go. So since February, mid early February, yeah, the last three months, no well, sporting. Been, I mean, yeah, I get that. There hadn't been really any. I mean, I guess other than beat maybe the NCAA championship game, NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, well, it, I would think the title game, not tournament in general. But, any yeah. NBA game, any. Yeah. yeah, but that makes sense. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, it's good. Yeah, that's good. I'm done. I would think it probably came nowhere near the Super Bowl though. No, nothing does. Yeah, never, never does. I mean, I mean, I think that like last year, the 100 most watched television programs in America. I think 85 of them were football games. Like when, 71 were NFL. When games. you look at the top like 50 all time ever, it's 49 Super Bowls in the last episode of Mash. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's all and, and and no sick no no sitcoms ever going to be ever in that comparison because we're we have more than three channels now. Right. So and the crazy never. thing is, like, when you look at the, and then you compare the Super Bowl numbers to like World Cup numbers, and it's obviously it's a more of a world sport, yeah. but it's it's dwarfed. Uh, by but here in America for sure football's king there's no question about it but nice to see the Derby drawing 16.6 million viewers which is up 50 percent from last year it was the most streamed horse race ever um, that's why I was going to ask you where does it rank maybe amongst the last few Derbies possibly it's up from last year good 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 which is definitely good um, it doesn't say like where it is like in terms of well you said up 50 percent so that means I mean last year I'm yeah yeah it, it I imagine the COVID year was probably pretty well they didn't happen have one that year but so they said it excludes the 2020 event which was held it was held in september 
which uh, oh yeah, I forgot we did it. It was on year. it was on yeah. Virginia's first birthday, which was crazy. It was bizarro derby. I, to me, we just didn't do derby that year, pretty much. Yeah, we authentic one, uh, but it excludes that year. TV only average audience was fourteen point four million viewers. NBC's most watched program since the NFL playoffs in January, uh, and the led by Peacock, the event posted a record average minute audience of three hundred seventy one thousand viewers across all streaming platforms, up 50% from last year. I wonder, I'm curious what the demos were on it. Like, were, was it dominated by the 50 and older? Or did was there a good a good share in that 18 to 35, 18 to 25 area where, I mean, if you're horse racing, that's where you want to, I mean, that that's where everybody looks in the demos, but also because if you're horse racing, sure it did fine there. Yeah. You, want, you want those younger shares because yeah. the 50, 50 and older people watching is great, but they're not going to be around much longer. Yeah, I'm sure they did, they did fine. I mean, horse racing is one of those. It's it, it, If it appeals to you, it appeals to all ages. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like the attendance at the Derby. It, people get older. It's never going to dip below 150, 140K. Were you, were you okay with uh, Mahomes' riders up? I never saw it. I heard people were upset with the way he said Louisville. But What do you expect from Texas? Yeah, I didn't actually. I, I never saw it. I was fine with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm also now seeing former Corbin High School uh, superstar Andrew Taylor, who averaged 20 points per game at Marshall, has entered the transfer portal. He started his career at Furman, went to Marshall. Uh, he, speaking of, you know, had a little bit of controversy coming out of high school, uh, but he now is, is in the transfer portal. Very good player. Yeah, he made some national headlines for I remember that. a viral uh, Snapchat video that after they played a, a, a game. But he is okay. super score. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him, but not going to come here. I will. Be so why are you bringing it up? He's not even going to come here. Because he's a local name who averages okay. 20 points per game. He's in the portal. Um, first team all. We have now we also have. By the way, he'd be perfect probably come here. Stuff's breaking everywhere. Uh, we now have a official statement from Bob Huggins. Oh, no. It says, earlier today on a Cincinnati radio program, I was asked about the rivalry between my former employer, the University of Cincinnati, and its crosstown rival, Xavier University. During the conversation, I used a completely insensitive and abhorrent phrase that there is simply no excuse for, and I won't try to make one here. I deeply apologize to the individuals I've offended, as well as to the Xavier University community, the University of Cincinnati, and West Virginia University. As I've shared with my players over my 40 years of coaching, there are consequences for our words and actions, and I will fully accept any that are coming my way. I am ashamed and embarrassed and heartbroken for those I have hurt. I must do better, and I will. That was written. The fact we and the fact that it's written by WVU and put out on their official channels leads me to believe that they're probably not going to try to fire him. They're going to try to to get out of this. I mean, you'd think if it I was. I can't apologize to Cincinnati. Like, what? yeah, like, you didn't really even say anything to them. I mean, you apologize to Xavier. I get maybe West Virginia because you're an employee of theirs, but like, why? Why did you do to Cincinnati? <laughs> Embarrassed him. Like, I, okay, I don't know, but yeah, he's he's got the statement out there and saying he's accepting whatever. But he's going to try to do better. We'll see what happens. All right, let's try to take some text here. We, we have probably too many that we're going to to get to today. It's a Monday show after a big weekend. We, we missed Thursday and Friday last week. Um, so we'll get to as much as we can. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Texture says, Payne and Brom are at opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to personality. If Huggins was still the coach at UC... It would be him and would, would him and Satterfield be the most opposite football basketball tandem? Oh my god! Oh wow, that'd be yeah. I mean, I'm, I'd have to think about it. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I don't know some coaches as well as I would those guys. So I could. I don't want to say I, they, they, there's obviously be, but 
Personality-wise, very they're different. Pretty, they're pretty opposite, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's schools where that, that is also the same situation. But yeah, There's got to be one that just comes to mind. Like, who's the most But brash? the thing is, I don't know, like... I, Matt I McMahon and Kim Mulkey. Like, I don't know Chris Kleinman's attitude compared to uh, Tang's attitude at Kansas State. I mean, I, you yeah. know... I don't know Chris Kleinman well enough. I, I think he's a good coach and he's done a great job there. But well, that probably tells you that their op, their their personalities aren't at total end of this. If you don't know a coach is like a, one extreme or the other, true. That's probably it, not there. You go. Yeah, that's here. probably a good point. Yeah, because like cause I bring that up only because I know Tang is very far to one end of the the spectrum, and you know I don't know if, they, if Kleinman agrees with him or not. Texas says uh, you forgot the transfer portal music before talking about why we did. That's 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 me. That's on us. We haven't had it in a while, have we? Yeah, we've, we're, we're out of practice here. Let's do it. It's the transfer portal. The transfer portal. Who we got Who we got again? Great one. Are we done now? Maybe Andrew Taylor. I mean, we're probably done in the portal now. That song, I thought we were going to get a couple more months. Well, we can still use it for football, maybe. I mean, yeah, we can. It's not just you know, women's basketball. We got that going. I don't know. Uh, Sean Moss says, but by the way, Tad Boyle and Deion Sanders, which is probably the best. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that is a good one. Oh, they're both. Funny. I was thinking out west for some reason that didn't even come to. Me. I was thinking like, cause I don't know how Jed Fish is as a person. <laughs> like I'm thinking about Jed Fish and, and uh, what's his name, the Arizona coach, or Tommy, whatever. His name. Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd. Yeah, I think they're both pretty laid back. Are they? Okay. Seems like it. <laughs> Dion's just in a whole world of his own, though. <laughs> Texas Mike, I read your write up over the weekend about White being a potential pro. Could you expand on how he impacts the team? I mean, I, I think on on one hand, you did, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, this is probably before I mean, we're trying. We're going backwards on text now. This is probably before we had the whole conversation. I think th- the biggest thing. To me, at least, we were a bad rebounding team last year. He rebounds ex- extremely well from his position. He's a six-seven dude with a lot of athleticism and long arms. He's going to help you a lot there. I think also, like you said, Trev, a lot of times last year, we didn't have guys that could, would just go and make plays off the bounce. He's not a terrific ball handler, but he is a guy that if you have him in a slashing offense where he can maybe catch a ball on a cut, he's going to finish or he's going to get fouled. Like He helps you a lot in that regard. He does handle it well enough to take a little bit of the pressure off of Sky Clark, but he doesn't handle it well enough to be a lead guard. Unless, and again, we're talking about guys that now we haven't seen play in, a, in at least a couple of months. Maybe he can improve enough during the summer to change that. Uh, from what I've seen, he's not good enough with the left hand to be a... Which is weird because when I was watching the highlights, guard. he finished with his left like three or four different times. Did he? Now they were all on layups, so I mean... but. Still, I mean, yeah, he, he to, to me, he was he's very right hand dominant. He um, was, I, I saw that too, as well, just in the in, the, in one game highlight. The assist it. numbers aren't great, but like he he can make he can make kind of remember the like the Jordan Wara passes or the David Johnson passes where he can like make like the little one handed whip passes across the court to an open guy, uh, in, in the other corner. He can make that type of pass, and that's one of those unteachable skills. I think he helps you out in that regard, and I do think that he can be a capable defender with the right tutelage. Um, I mean, he's. There's a reason why people say he's got pro potential. He's got a good-looking jump shot. He's got a mid-range shot that went in a lot last year. The three-point numbers are not good. Um, but, again, I think if he, if he fits well enough into the offense, he could be a, a big-time player. The, the only issue is we have a lot of 
not a lot, but we have got multiple guys that play the same type of game that he does. I think he just plays it better than the guy. I mean, I guess we're just hoping that, we, like you said, we have multiple guys playing that same position. We're hoping one of them will, one of them we, we struck right with. Right, exactly. I mean, you throw enough, you know, bleep against the wall, sometimes his bench is going to stick. But Now, I mentioned I wanted to get to this later in the show, and now we're running out of time, but Rick Bozich had a write-up today about the Kenny Payne roster reconstruction, which oh, they- this is going to shock you. Rick, very complimentary. Of, really? Of, of Kenny Payne. The job I thought you were going to bring up his article that said Mage deserves an asterisk next to his name. There was a tweet. I saw that, which is ridiculous. Yeah, no, it was an article I saw on Facebook, and I was like, come on. Now, <sighs> yeah. now there's clickbait if I've ever seen it's it. definitely clickbait. That's clickbait, Rick. Come on. We, you're better than that, Rick. But Rick Maybe. is, I mean, look, if, if anybody's getting information in this city, at least when it comes to like the big J journalist, it's been Bozich from, from Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne doesn't talk to many people. True. He does seem to like Bozich, and he's... He's used him to get some stuff out there a few times. Much because Bozik covered him when he was a, a player. I don't. I mean, there's something to that. <laughs> I mean, there probably is. Yeah. Now, the most notable thing in this story, because it, it's a whole lot of like, he got these guys and they're going to be great, and he's doing this and it's great. But he he talks about Cron Davis, and I had not heard this definitively anywhere else. But the the assumption is this is coming directly from Kenny Payne. Bozich says, Payne is convinced that Karan Davis, a junior college player from L.A. Southwest Community College by way of Texas and Gary, Indiana, will play valuable minutes in the Cardinals' backcourt. A late bloomer, Davis is a six foot seven inch, six feet seven inches tall, and plans to play point guard. Now, ever since we signed him, even before we signed him, when we were talking about recruiting him, the common thought was he's a two guard, going to play the two, going to play the two, mm-hmm. could play the three. I've never heard him referred to as like a point guard, but they're saying straight up, Karan Davis is our backup point guard. Well, I mean, when it comes to actual point guard positions, I can kind of take what Kenny Payne says with a grain of salt. Sometimes. But no, but it, but it, but it's I I know what you're saying, but like the the news isn't what we think about it. The news is that they think he's going to play point guard for them. I don't. I mean, that seems to be their backup plan. Like he's going to step into that Hersey Miller role where. When Clark needs a breather or if he's in foul trouble, Cron Davis is the guy at the point. And that is an intriguing development because, once again, we don't know anything about this guy. You can't tell me that he sucks. You can't tell me that he's a dog that's going to surprise people. You both could be completely right. You could be totally wrong. We've got no idea whether or not this kid can play. But the fact that the coaching staff is convinced that he can and that he's going to be a point guard is certainly notable right now. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess if you want to be optimistically agreeance with, if, I don't, if that's even proper English, I don't care. His coaching staff, I mean, you can bring up that his cousin, Jonathan Davis, was kind of a off guard with the ball handling ability. You saw John the L. tournament? Huh? John L. What was his name? John L. What's his name? I thought it was Jonathan. No, John L. Oh, well, it was John something Davis, right? John L is his name. John L. Davis from yeah. FAU. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, again, that's what I'm saying. They're related. You can say maybe he looked like he had some hand, he could handle the ball a little bit at the off guard. Maybe that's, I, I'm grasping at straws to why you, we could be yeah. agreeing some positive in this. I don't know. I just, I don't know. To me, it's just, I mean, how many like huge impactful Jucos can you name like off the top of your head? I know. I don't in history, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying LLs. like, I mean, that's, that's, Chris Jones. I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I, the the Hall of Fame is you know your Steve Francis and your Mitch Richmonds, but I mean, 
it's it, it, I guess technically Larry Johnson as well. It's as interesting in addition as we've ever had, and I say interesting in terms of just like the mystery surrounding it, because like I've said a bunch, he plays at a school like if you watch Last Chance U, like those guys are, it's the most talented team in that in that league, and like the school that Karan Davis plays for is several notches below ELAC, and the best ELAC players are going to like Long Beach State and like North Dakota State, and they're not even starting for those programs. And so to have a guy who plays for a, a, a school that is several notches below there and is going to Louisville and is apparently going to play valuable minutes at Louisville is a shocking thing. And if it works out, then, I mean, my God, all, all credit to this coaching staff and Danny Manning in, in, in particular because that is a – it's beyond what, – whatever the step above diamond in the rough is, it's that. Oh, if he turns out to be like Mitch Richmond, Steve Francis, Larry Johnson combined at a point guard ability, then Danny Manning, you taking Kansas to a championship as a six seed just spelled a second in your accomplishment list in line. <laughs> what do we do if this guy is awesome and the team still sucks? What if like Karan Davis is the best player and it's all these like highly touted players? He puts up like 20 points and goes to the NBA and is like a top 10 pick. We and... just need to sign all like no name JUCOs next year and just see what how, how it goes. Now, who else do we know that? Because I, I just looked at his like his ESPN page just came up because Adam on a Google search. And of course, has us listed as him signing. Like, what were the other offers he got? There's some confusion there. We don't. We don't really know. <laughs> he went on Louisville Sports Live a couple of weeks ago, and he reeled off some names that you know they asked him like, what interest did he have? And he said, I had, I had offers or at least interest from schools like I know he said like St. Louis and and I, think I believe Florida. I remember you mentioning this. Yeah, show. I reeled off the list. I don't have it in front of me, but there, according to him, there were. But the, but he didn't, he never had an official recruiting page, so we don't. We don't, we don't know. It, again, it's the most bizarre and intriguing commitment to a program like Louisville that I can ever remember, and I'm fascinated to see how good he is. I mean, we watched the highlight film. I love some of the breakdowns that were out there, and you know, it, it shows to me a kid who has some ability, but I'm the talent level, the competition level is certainly significantly lower than what he's going to face here. I don't know, but maybe we're all just just wrong. Or we're just gonna get like another Simon Dayton off recruit. I'd take that. I mean, I remember, I remember he could leap over a car and had an assistant coach one time tell me, but they didn't even, they recruited him and didn't realize he was blind in his left eye. Here's hoping that hasn't happened. How do you not know the kid can't see out of his left eye? Uh, we'll get to our last break here. We'll come back. We'll get to as many of these texts as we can at 502-414-1450. Mike Rutherford Show, Monday edition, wrapping up next on big on fourteen fifty the big act. I was just amazed we were on the air this long. <laughs> Recruit. He'll 
gonna make you mine Kenny, I got your wing player All right, final segment here of the Monday edition of the Rutherford Show. As we react to all the news of the weekend that was here in the city of Louisville, Cardinal Athletics and Derby-wise. Big thanks to Damon Sisson for spending some time with us in the first hour. If you missed any of the show, check us out on podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, just search Big X Sports Radio or 1450 Big X. That should lead you directly there. Uh, podcast should be good to go today. Yeah, well, yeah, we're uh, we're recording. Uh, now I did I did, goop, I did goop. I started it like after the open. I got just there I, goes the perfect show. Yeah, so like when you, if you're gonna listen to the podcast, it's gonna start with you basically introducing the show. Like I forgot to record the open for it, but most people don't like the opening now. So I mean, it's never all good. Probably a good thing. You can never do a perfect show. <laughs> now th- th- there is one question that we have not answered for this weekend. Okay. Did you watch last hour's show? How I have not. It's on my. I'm doing it tonight. That's because there's literally nothing on to watch. Tonight, right. right. I, I'm. It, <laughs> I don't mean. I don't mean the, like how people like use literally instead of figuratively. Yeah. I mean there might be literally nothing to watch. Tonight. I told you I wanted to get it done like last Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Because I knew we had stuff Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Sunday I was gonna be tired, and like that's exactly what happened. I got the hour done on Tuesday, and then I have not gotten around to it. But I will do it tonight. I'll watch the last hour of Shallow Howl. <laughs> Full report coming on tomorrow's show. Oh, well, good hold thing. on to your butts. Good thing we got a short show tomorrow. Then we're a little bit of a short show. We, yeah, I think we're off at five thirty. Yeah, we got bats. a little five thirty because we got the best about thirty-five. I'm just amazed that we made it through three hours today. I don't say anything. This last seventeen minutes is, is still hanging on a thread. Uh, speaking poor, of poor math, right there. <laughs> well, 30. no, I'm five forty-three. I got forty-four here. Well, you. Got a wrong computer. I don't think that's right. Uh, other big news: the Mad Ants have moved from wherever the hell they were, and they're going to Noblesville, Fort Wayne. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah, Noblesville. So Noblesville, Noblesville's closer, isn't it? Isn't that like not far from here. I don't know. We've got uh, okay. <laughs> we've got like thirteen minutes. We got like twenty-eight texts to get to. I don't think we're we'll able to get to all of them. We'll do the best we can though. Let's, let's rifle through some of these. Uh, Indiana Larry says, "What is the minimum uh, number of wins next year?" This is a common question that we get as well. I don't know if we're talking about for me or for Josh Hurd or for Trevor, but I think that if we're talking like, I don't know, this, maybe he's talking about football. I don't even know. But I'm setting the bar. I want to go to the tournament next year. I think for football and basketball, bar. it might be the same. That's eight. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. Texas says, is Fabio coming back? I believe that was a joke post that somehow gained a lot of traction over the weekend. Um, my understanding is Fabio Basilli is not coming back. I think that was a a joke that somehow became real. That, that was a given, but okay. Yeah, it was. Somebody made some like some tweet about Fabio Basili's coming back, and it. I, I believe it was a joke, and it, it gained a ton of traction. Um, maybe it wasn't. I think it was. I, I want to give props to the Mike James's uh, Stringer Bell tweet. Check like that. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, he's excited about uh, about Trey Trey White for sure. Yeah. Texas says, uh, does White fix the issue of what happens if Clark gets injured, hurt, foul trouble, needs a breather? And this says, well, you answered that question. Looks like poor Sky Clark gets to be L. Ellis 2.0, the punching bag for this fan base. I do worry that that's like, if this season goes poorly, that it will be another deal where it's like Sky Clark becomes the the obvious you know, scapegoat. But which, were people blaming L? Because yes. I, I felt like most, most of the wasn't blame, it was the... We're asking you to do too much. It's not your fault. That was from rational people. Okay, my bad. 
There was a whole Sorry. segment of people that were like, LL, it sucks. He won't do what Kenny Payne says. Like, Payne is, is like, L is the problem. And that especially yeah. got ratcheted up when he announced that he was transferring somewhere. So, yeah, I mean, I think that when you ask the guy to. My bad. Like, you, it's the rational people that were saying that. I mean, there were a lot. When you ask a, a player, I mean, this is, look, and this, this predates the Kenny Payne thing. Like, Louisville fans notoriously are very hard on the team's best player. I mean, there were people who, up, up until he won a national title, like, were on Peyton Siva every damn day. Terrence Williams, until his senior year, got so much criticism. Well, like, he kind of deserved it. When the way it we do this all the time with, with players who are very good. We just want them to be a little— I mean, Francisco Garcia, same way. You can go back as far as you want. The best player has always taken a considerable amount of heat, and I expect that to be—I'm not sure Sky Clark's going to be our best player, but he will have the ball in his hands on a significant number of offensive possessions, on a significant percent of time in offensive possessions. I'd love to argue with you, but I have argued with you enough on the fact that it, I fall into that category slightly when it comes to especially Cisco and your, your anger at me when I've said that he disappeared in big games. Yeah, you were like, and then we went and looked at all the stats. And he had disappeared in big games. No, he didn't. You were more wrong than you've ever been about anything. Why don't you just admit that I was right? <laughs> your voice say help why, me out why, why, why won't you just admit that you, that you were wrong? We know with the history, it's true. It was 100% wrong. No. Yes, it was the most wrong you've been about anything besides the no more than six quarterbacks have been taken in an NFL draft. Oh, that was the blunder. So no, now, 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 the six quarterback thing, that ranks right up there with Texas as big as the moon. And uh, what was another one I got really wrong on? <laughs> I can't, Bridge was, from Hawaii to California? No, no. that was. I think that one was still reasonable. It was just way wrong. <laughs> Texas, what happens if Sky Clark gets hurt in our season tanks because we only have one primary ball handler in the roster? Does that fall on KP, or is it a viable excuse for a third year? I think it falls on KP's roster construction. I, there's no injury that will give me a viable excuse for Same. a third year. Sorry. You, you can't. People will try to do that, though. Like, I know you, they will. If if Sky Clark, God forbid, let's say he gets hurt second week of the season mm -hmm. and we win 10 games, people will say, if Sky Clark had just stayed healthy. Right. And, the, and we will go back to saying, we told you, we told you, we told you, we told you that you needed another guard. You have to plan for something like this, yeah. and he didn't do it. And if we suck because of it, that's 100% on the head coach. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's no you being Tiny Tim. There's no crutch to lean on in this one. Texas says, the real Twitter question should be who wins more games next year, KP or Brom. I'm not going to roll my eyes at that. I think it's not going to be a running joke. Well, because it happened last year. It was a running joke last year. At the beginning of the season, I was like, come on, guys. Let's not do this. And then as the season went on, I was like, okay, this is a legit question. We didn't even come close to Satterfield. Yeah, we didn't win seven. We almost didn't win as many games as, as Deion Branson. He only coached one. <laughs> we we won, hey, we won four times. <laughs> I mean, if Branson got to coach four games, he might have won four times. Texas says a lot of Huggins talk here. A lot of, yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, we've sorry. Seen. Well, don't Texas. worry. Huggins will be off the subject here unless they bring him back. That's, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm almost at a 50 50 chance he does. He doesn't. Yeah, get after fired. that statement, after they put it out on their official yeah. channels. I know nice. I joked with the old West Virginia stuff. Maybe wouldn't care about saying it, but I mean, I guess I, I can see what Virginia's saying. It's up to you, but Huggy. If you if you if you don't want to deal with this and want to step down, then we'll but his statement is like I'll take whatever consequences yeah. are coming my way. So he's not doing that for sure. Like mm -hmm. all these texts are like he's done. I'm hearing the audio. We've we kind of talked about it. Yeah. Texas, why are our coaches and coaches' wives uh, already fighting with fans on social media? Did yeah, I, I saw it. I, uh, on three removed in Baco's fifth star. They just know something we don't. He's coming to Louisville. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Rashawn got into it with uh with, with Smith family over the weekend. No, I saw him tweet something about how he, he ran into Nolan and somebody else. And I thought it was all goody goody. He was doing the, like unbrought, which I didn't know Rashawn did this. He was like interviewing stars at the, at the Phillies and Stallions. 
And I guess he talked to Nolan and Kenny Payne, and he was like, it was all good, you know, all this stuff. And then, like, I think it's Nolan's sister, actually, not his wife, who was like... Yeah, she's the one that we've talked about in the past that's kind of... Well, his wife, too. Oh, okay. They're, they're all very active on Very Twitter. defensive, yeah, which I'm not a big fan of, but that's fine. And he basically was like... She basically was like, he was nice because he had no idea who you were, and, you know, we've... We've been tipped off on how you act and all this stuff. It was it was very. And Rashawn, to his credit, was kind of like, I, like it's Derby. They're having a good time. I'm not going after anybody. Yeah, I'm like, not going to yeah. be negative. I'm like, yeah, we don't need to do this. And just kind of sounds like at least Rashawn, other than her, is professional about something. Texas says, "Did that guy really lose his eye? I hope not. That's horrifying. It looks like in the video, but I hope I'm, I'm with you. I hope not too." Texas <laughs> says, after a very. Quick Google search. It seems there is no consonant in the English language that has as many phonetic representations as the English R. However, none of those repeta- representations sound like an N. So Trevor he's stumbled still on onto that. something that was half right, like a mini marathon. <laughs> but he's still an idiot. What a shocker! What was? What did I? What did I bring up that I made the R? I said R and N had the same set. What was I talking about? I don't even know. And I remember that texture saying something, and I was like. And I was like, well, you don't know Sanskrit. It could be in there somewhere. He's like, yes, Trevor, I do not know Sanskrit. <laughs> Texas says. I love the Googling search of it. Texas says, Derby favorite 2025, Carson Tucker. <laughs> That's a name. I know that name from somewhere. You know I'm thinking of Tom Tucker from Family Guy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Texas says, I don't know if this is for KRC or for us. Salt Lake Brian here. I don't think we have a no, – this, this is a Kerosene text. we got to read it now. We don't have a Salt Lake fan? No. Not not Brian, at least. If we do, it's not Brian. Okay. Salt Lake Brian here, catching up on the podcast. Yeah, the new law has made it so most major porn sites are blocked if you have an IP address in Utah. The best part is the state rep who pushed Move. the law had like 30 calls from pissed off old dudes complaining. I don't know. I don't know how they got on there, but okay. Utah is one of the more beautiful places to stay. I've, I've, been, I've been to Salt Lake City. I've been to Park City as well. Uh, where they held the Olympics a few years back. Yeah, Mary went there. And it's it's a beautiful city. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's some of the houses you'll see. You're you're going looking up there and going. That's probably like one of Jordan's summer homes or something. It's a lot of rich people go there. I felt going into a Starbucks there that I was going to be like bothered by the police because I looked. I clearly look like the poorest guy in the place, and that includes the employees. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know if I want to live in Utah. I mean, you can't watch porn. They did. They legalized weed, and then the governor was like, "Nope, sorry, no coffee if you're Mormon." You can't Mormon. Yeah, I mean, Texas WV coaches uh, WVU coaches road tour has a stop in Wheeling tonight too. It's their caravan. Oh, that's bad timing. (laughs) You don't know that, maybe. maybe. Texas (laughs) says, uh, "Mike, I know you're a big Reds fan. What's going on with Votto?" I'm not sure. I mean, I think that is something wrong with Votto. Well, he was supposed to be back by now, and he's he's not back. So he's not Louisville. Yeah, he's not. He's just kind of he's in limbo somewhere. Still hurt, apparently. Did he get lost? <laughs> Texas, how did you guys not do the transfer portal song when we actually landed a transfer commitment? Hand up. We dropped the ball there. That's that. I, I blame myself. Well, I thought we, 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 the portal song is played when we talk about guys in the portal, not ones we've taken out of the portal. I, I still. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to make an excuse for me. Um, and you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> Dexter says... Uh, the Josh Allen mess, bashing Bashir for touting the state, getting distracted when Mike is throwing to him. Good Lord, Trev. Going to need a redeem. Going to need you to refocus the second thing. You picked it up after that. It, it did like, annoy me, though. Every time they went to Bashir, he's like, he just sounded like the Miz reading off all his accomplishments in WWE. It's like, I don't. I have like no a, idea what that means. I know you don't get the reference. Sorry. But 
I, I did see the intro video for Bad Bunny, which was incredible. Yeah, people were texting me over the weekend, like, is Bad Bunny this, like, why in wrestling? That was like, nuts. Like, the whole, like, I've never seen, like, a bigger, like, the whole. Like, he likes wrestling, yeah. I watched it, like, twice, though. Like, the, but, like, the, the pop that he got when they played, like, the song and he came out. It was well, one of the, he's the also coolest in Puerto Rico. I know. Yeah. Like, still one of the coolest entrances I've ever seen in wrestling. That was awesome. I mean, they, him being in there was, it was they, they had a two-day event there, and they knew that him, that would help sell it out. Not that they. And he won, apparently, right? He did. He beat Damon Priest, and then uh, Cody got to beat Brock Lesnar. Oh, nice. Second yeah. Brock. Well, I mean, they were like, hey, Cody, we're not going to let you win the title that we built you up for for a whole year on WrestleMania against Roman. But, hey, the pay-per-view after WrestleMania, no one cares about. You'll get a fluke win over Brock. So, it's all good, right? Texas Mike, I'm pretty sure Trevor is hearing John L. Davis like John L. Smith, not John L. Davis. Yeah. I am. That is That texter is, that is 100%. Hearing? I'm hearing. That's yeah. exactly His what I heard. His name is John L. All one word. See, I'm hearing John L. Smith. Texter, yeah. you are in my head. Yeah. That's exactly why I was so confused. When I actually had that thought, and I was like... But I thought I assumed you knew. I thought it was just John. I thought I thought it was like Johnny Davis or something. Yeah. I don't remember it being John. J O H N E L L. See, I don't remember that. I've just forgotten about John L. Davis. Uh, Texture says, <laughs> "I love John L. Smith though." Texture says, "There's no way a five-star projected first-round pick would reclass to come off the bench." Sky starting Trenton, Trey, McKenzie, Dennis, six-man Mike James. I mean, I mean, I just know from what I've seen, Mike James is the is deserves to be a starter in this team. I don't think I, – I could be wrong. I, I don't think that Trenton Flowers will start off the season. As a I would be shocked if Flowers started this season. Yeah. Texas, outside of Kenny Payne's arrogance, why didn't Louisville go after Joe Girard? I, he's going to Clemson. The Syracuse transfer. I would have loved to have Joe Girard. I mean, electric shooter that can handle it well. I, I don't know. I can't answer that question for you. He's a little guard. I don't like little guards. Um, they do everything against short people, don't they? I, I, I thought Randy Newman hated short people. KP may be right at the top of the list. Texas says, and when we say we told you, we told you, we told you we need another guard, you all told us we had six, seven guards on the roster, and that too ended up being wrong. If Sky gets hurt, those folks are just going to be wrong, period. We didn't say we had six to seven guards. We said we had a bunch of six, seven guards. That's right. <laughs> well, I don't know. I can help. That joke was set up too easily. <laughs> Texas says, Diener went on our app. I'm not going to read that. Texas says... <laughs> It was the Sarah versus Cena pronunciation, and the original texture was. Oh me. yeah, the other texture was just following up for me. That that's what it was. You I thought like, it was. Yeah, I'm. I see. I'm sorry. I just sometimes I'm a burnout. I forget things. I forgot that. that Cena that's versus exactly Sarah. Was. Yeah. Michael Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's pronounced like Cena. How is it pronounced? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Um. <laughs> We've got what do we have. We've got two NBA games oh, tonight. Yeah. Do we? Uh, Knicks Heat game one. It's in Miami. Uh, the Heat well, lead the series one. two one or game three. Uh, I should, okay, game yeah. four. Got a lot of I'm <laughs> all over the place. Keep it. Sure, not game seven. We've almost made it to the end. So let me finish. <laughs> Knicks Heat game four. Miami uh, leads the series two to one. They're a four and a half point favorite. TK, who you got? It's in Miami, right? In Miami. Uh, I think Knicks Heat win, but don't cover. Knicks keep it within three points. Heat win and cover. The Knicks shouldn't be winning this series. The Heat, I mean, Heat aren't very good, but Butler by far is the best player on both teams. So, I mean, it's a superstar league. Heat win and cover. Warriors, Lakers. Lakers lead this series 2-1. Game four in Los Angeles. Lakers are two and a half point favorites. Ooh. It's in Los Angeles. I'm going to go the Warriors tie the series up. I don't know why. I, I don't want to, but I think I'm going to go to Warriors tie the series up. We disagree on both here. Lakers win and cover. I'm thinking. I'm. I feel like you're going to be right on that one more. I don't know why I want to. 
I just can see the NBA. I can see. It. I can see Silver pulling a few strings to make sure this gets evened up. <laughs> there, there it is. I'm not wrong, even if I'm wrong. I'm just. I mean, I like it. If there's one thing Adam Silver learned from Stern. It's the, how to make sure the the right teams and right right players in the right markets are going in farther in the playoffs. Uh, NHL draft tonight. And, 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 I mean, NHL lottery draft tonight. We'll see what happens. So, I mean, the drafters lottery pool. Just lottery pool. But they want everyone wants this Bedard kid. It's that's the big. Thing. Where's he from? Canada. I don't know, but he's he's the next prodigy, next big hockey prodigy. Okay. Anybody but the Blue Jackets is what I'm going for. All right. Have a fantastic Monday night. <laughs> we're on the air tomorrow from three until five thirty before the bats take over. We'll see you guys then.